whatever. $15 an hour. Here we go. Looks like Guz is on. Recorded live. Hey, how's it going? It's uh, September 18th. It's 10 o'clock. We're starting an hour late because I was on the phone with Kyle, and uh, he was making my eyes are wet from just laughing so hard. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I had to let him. Uh, I, I told him I had to go because you guys are all complaining about the sound, but I couldn't listen to him the rest of the night. I spent two and a half hours on on the phone with him. I think it was Monday night. Same thing, man. He just—he is so funny to listen to. Oh crap! I had some idea of what I wanted to do in this call tonight, and I'm gonna have to take a minute and recompose. Oh, <laughs> oh shit! That was so good. He actually—he said he he might come on to the call and just listen. I asked him to please not come on the call. He says, "Yeah, but I need a good laugh." <laughs> Uh, what are you guys up to? Who's, uh, is, is, uh, I heard a bunch of you guys talking before I cranked up the call. Who's on? What were you guys talking about? Scott in Ohio's got, uh, he got a tax auction property and, uh, there's a mortgage lien, so he's trying to deal with that. There's a lien on a, so he picked up a, uh, he picked up a, a property at auction and it had an existing lien on it and he needs to clear that out. Yep. Not, uh, Scott, are you on here? Yes, I'm here. Yeah. Hey, do, you guys do me a favor. If you're not talking, just mute yourself out, star six. Go ahead, Scott. What's going on? A uh, bought a piece of property at a tax sale, and the uh, you paid a tax on the property, and but all encumbrances stay with the property. They never notified the anybody had a mortgage lien or anything, any lien holders at all, and okay. that's part of the deal how they do it. So I purposely bought a piece of property with a lien on it. So then I said, well, here's a little something I get to play with. So, because um, I do like to play with this stuff. So, um, I have possession. I have deed on the property. Um, so, But there is this encumbrance that's on there. So, I went down to the county recorder's office and checked and see who, you know, who's, who is the lien holder. And it has moved about six times in 12 years that the lien was started. And um, the problem is just a broken chain of title many places. There's no releases of anything that ever happened. There's no assignment. There's new people that just show up to say we have interest in this property, but there's not from the prior. It never says no reference of that prop- that person before that. So you can see how it's all boogered up all the way through, and then uh, it comes out at the end. There's a trust or something that owns it that says it has interest in the property. That's all the way out in California. So that's where it is on that. So I was looking at, you know, going through every line by line, looking at all their stuff and saying, well, where is it boogered up? Is the notary signature valid? And the answers are no. None of this stuff is valid. All, it's all like, you know, a little child wrote that there's a vice president of whatever, you know what I mean? <clears throat> it's, it's all messed up. So there's where it's at. So I know, about, so a, I know about a quiet title action. I'm quite adverse in that to be able to do that. But my question is, I was thinking about 
what it would be a little bit easier if you could walk in as a man and maybe be able to do it that way instead of going through the the statutory world of, you know, you got to put an ad in the paper and then you got to, you know, you got to give notice to everybody and then, you know, it's it's a lot, you know what I mean? And you can lose too, you know, because they're going to demur and all this other stuff. So I was kind of like, well, why not try a different approach at this thing? So that's why I was calling you tonight a little bit. I haven't been, I've listened to Carl, but I haven't been on Carl's stuff in a very long time. I'm busy doing other things, so that's why I'm calling you guys. So maybe you can help. All right. Well, you know, listening to Carl's stuff is like digging a hole because you know the tornado's coming. So, you know, if you're too busy digging a hole and a tornado comes, you're shit out of luck. It's kind of like, you know, it's kind of like that. So, um, you know, tell me uh, if you were, you said you're pretty familiar with the quiet, quiet title action and, and the process. And I'm going to tell you that the common law process for a man to quiet the title is very similar. At least it is in my mind. It's a very, very simple process. Uh, So knowing that it's very similar, tell me what you think you would be doing uh, to to settle the title. Well, first of all, what I would probably do is um, I I would do a chain of title assessment on everything, make sure to look at all the documents. But I would probably give a notice to anybody that had maybe have a claim. Say if you have a release of interest or something like that, maybe from the priors or whatever, to see if anybody has anything. That would be right, well, so you know what the legalese words are. Okay, release yeah, of title, I get it. I get it. But I would say, okay, so if your name is Bank America, where's Bob at or whatever, but you know, it's going to be very difficult to get you know Bank America or Chase Bank or somebody else to say that we, well, my name is Bob Carroll, Joe, or whatever. So there's sort of the contention. I mean, but when it comes down to the end, there is possibility that would be, because it's not a bank anymore, it became into some recovery or something like that place or something like that. Recovery it, it doesn't matter. You got, you got liens on the property. So somebody yeah. says that there's a debt that's owed. Right. So if, you, if you've listened to Carl at all, then you should know how to handle debt. It's got to be the easiest thing in the world to figure out. Well, then I'm going to put an ad in the paper, and I'm going to say if anybody here has got a claim on this property, um, come forward and maybe use somebody else, another person, which could be the witness, I would imagine, so that, you know, maybe a notary or something. But I I know we don't want to use titles, so I would say notify Carol over there. You know, she's the one, if if anybody's got a claim, and that's probably how I would handle that. And if nobody had a claim, then... There, there's the problem is you're going to bring claim in court and say that no one here has claims to this property, so therefore I need a magistrate and I guess remove out remove whatever is on the property. I guess that's how I would handle it. So well, the uh, if you've got, I mean, you've got a pretty good understanding of you know of how the legal process works to do that. Right. And so the the common law, see, every, all all things legal, or no, well, not all things. Uh, but most of your processes, most of your your stuff dealing with you know with uh, you know things that are actually based in law, like murder, rape, uh, larceny, you know, real crimes. Okay, these things are they've been codified, and debt is one of those things. Okay, debt is something that's that's based in real law, and so the process for dealing with debt comes from the common law. That's where you know that's where it came from. They, all they did is is they wrote statutes which described the process in their own words, in their own language, 
So the process that they would use is very is going to be very much the same as the common law way of doing it, you know, as a man. So as far as not using, uh, you know, a notary, the if you hire somebody to paint your house, you're contracting, and that man's going to come and paint your front porch. They're going to paint the house. They're going to put a roof on it. You, you've got a contract. So if you go into contract with a man who acts as a notary public to give public notice and to keep track of, of all the paperwork, he's the, he's the point man, then all you're doing is contracting with another man who's got uh, legal standing in the courts. Right? And that's why you would use somebody like that because that guy has legal standing. But you're contracting with the man who has legal standing. You're not contracting with the, with the legal person. So okay. you would contract with the man to put out public notice uh, in, in newspapers of general circulation in the, in the area, and I would reach out a little bit further than that. And then uh, you, you would also give public notice in the church bulletin. You know, give, you know go to the uh, local churches and, and tell them, look, I'll give you 30 bucks if you run this you know, once, a, once, a, you know, uh, once a week on Sundays uh, for the next four weeks. You know, or whatever, you know, make a deal with that. And give as much public notice as possible and have the notary public, the, the man or woman acting as notary public, keep track of all that stuff, everything that's going on. You, you know, so you got the newspapers, you got the church bulletins, and any other form of public uh, notice you can give. All right? the, the library is a public place. You can give, you can give public notice there. You know, so the courthouse is a public building. You can give notice through the public courthouse. So, you know, research how to do that. And the, the, the man or woman acting as notary would keep track of everything. And you set a date. You set up dates. You say, look, uh, I want to settle all debt that has to do with this property. And you've got uh, 60 days to come forward or 30 days. You know, look at your, your uh, statutes in your state and Mimic those. Just because they're statutes, they're codes, it doesn't mean that, you know, that if you use their standards to do what you're going to do, chances are they're going to respect that uh, when the time comes, you know, for if you go over and above what they require. You know, they're Aren't gonna you going to notify that. anybody that was in the county records office? I mean, anybody that well, might have a claim? You're going to give general notice to, you know, through all these different outlets. And then you're going to find out, you're going to find every single person that has a claim on that property, and you're going to send them a notice, and you're going to let them know that they have 30 days to uh, put in a bill, a, you know, a, a statement of fact of uh, the debt that is owed, where it comes from, and, you know, something that they're willing to come forward and, and stand on, you know, a, a verifiable bill or a bill of particulars. So. Right. Yeah, so you're going to get you're going to get public notice, you're going to get private notice, and you're going to have the you're going to have somebody uh, somebody else handle it, you know, an impartial third witness. I mean, uh, an impartial witness, a third party to uh, that's not involved in this at all, to to be a neutral, you know, go-between, who can take the stand later if necessary, and and say this is what happened. Now, once you're once you've got all that down, uh, there's going to be debts that are going to you know somebody's going to send in a claim and they're going to say this is what you know this is what's owed, and you're going to say well that's not a bill you didn't send me a bill you didn't sign it, 
uh, you know, send me a bill. And, and so you're going to start the negotiations process. And if, if they've got a legitimate claim, now you've got a choice. You can, you can negotiate that and say, well, that was with the other guy. I'll tell you what, you know, that, that's for you know, 700 bucks for fixing the front porch. Uh, you know, we take 500. If he says, no, I want the whole seven, and then you give him the 700 bucks. You know, but you're going to negotiate it. And whoever else comes in and he's got, you know, something that they can, uh, they can verify in open court, you know, they can show where the money came from, how it got there, who did the work, you know, whatever the whatever the claim is, uh, you're going to settle up and you're going to quiet the you know you're going to quiet the title. Yeah, what you're, what the other thing you're saying is, if there's some kind of sweat equity in the thing, I mean, they got to have some, they got to have something in it. I mean, just because they got an instrument, a piece of paper, doesn't mean you have anything in this at all. You know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to give you the, <laughs> I can give you a lot more detail. You're on the right track. You're definitely on the right track, okay? Mm -hmm. But this is not something – I'm not going to teach people how to get free houses. Oh, no. You know, so I, I, I'm not going to take it any further than what I just told you. But, yes, you, you're on the right track. Uh-huh. That was my next – that was my one question. And another question I had is I went into court one time and said I was a man, and I said any man or woman had a claim that I'd done wrong. I had a prosecutor came up and said, you harmed me on a traffic ticket. And I was like kind of stumped because I was thinking nobody's going to come forth and say that I harmed anybody. And the uh, prosecutor yeah, said that'd be, he was the that'd be awesome. Uh, I hope I hope the prosecutor does that to me sometime. That'd be great. <laughs> so he said he was the so prosecutor. He was the he, he was the damaged party. I said, did you have any firsthand knowledge? I break your leg or anything like that. And he's talking no, about no something problem. else. No problem, Bob. But, but, you know, hi, my name's Gus. And uh, I, I see uh, on this paperwork your name is Bob Fletcher. And uh, why don't you take the stand, Bob, and verify this uh, this claim? Yeah, he never came up on the witness stand and swore to anything. Of course not. You didn't put him there. Yeah, I didn't put him there. But I was kind of profound. You got to make him put his money where his mouth is, man. Nothing, yeah. nothing means shit until you're on the stand. You take that stand and you point your finger at me, Bob. You tell me that that somehow you've got a claim. Let's hear it. Okay, so let's, let's, play, let's play this. Let's play this little little out thing. So, okay, so let's say you got the prosecutor on the stand, because we never, no one's, I never really heard anybody ever say that. What would be the kind of questions would you ask the prosecutor? So I that you know, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't ask him any questions. What, what questions is there for me to ask? He's saying that he's got a claim. Take the stand and make your claim. Okay, so his name is his name was Don, and he gets on the stand. Let's say he gets on the stand. Now, what are you going to ask him? Did uh, how did it show injury? It depends on it depends on his story. What, what's he going to say? That he was there, and you you uh, you you were at the drive-through at McDonald's, and he was he trying to get there. him. He wasn't there at all. And, right. Well, okay. So what's he going to say? He's not going to have a claim. He's got, he's not going to have anything that ties you to him. Uh, not that I can think of, uh, but you're going to have to wait until he speaks to find out what he believes his claim is. Okay. Yeah, it's kind of deer in the headlights on that. I don't mean to do that, but it's kind of like this learning curve you have, you know. It was a $50 fine. Okay, so I'll pay the $50 fine, but what it gave, what it gave me was some knowledge that, like, yeah, this is – you go to college, you pay for that. I paid for it. So that's how I looked at the whole deal. I didn't look at it as anything else. It's, some education they were teaching me, you know. 
there, there is no circumstance that I can think of that is best handled in any way other than standing as a man with good faith, clean hands, with the intent of remaining in honor to settle whatever debt that you might have. So I'm here in good faith. Somebody, somebody sent me an invitation to court. I'm here to dance. So somebody take the stand. Somebody tell me what it is that, they, you know, that they're making a claim for. I'm ready to settle it because I'm a man of honor. I'm here in good faith, and, you know, my, my hands are clean. You know, I, there was no intent for me to cause any harm or loss or injury to any, anybody or anything. So, you know, let's hear it. Who's making a claim? And that's it. If you go through life that way, you, you know, somebody's either going to make a claim or you're going to walk away. End of story. Mm-hmm. And if they're going to make a claim, then they make a claim under oath before God and man. You know, get up there and, and, and state your piece. That's it. Okay, guys. Let me know how you make out with that. With the uh, with the notices and stuff, I haven't seen anybody do it yet, but that's that's exactly what I would do. Oh yeah, I I I really I mean I I I, I mean I, I mean I I studied a lot of this stuff about quiet title. I mean I really know my use of season all, but I mean that's all the statutory wonderland, you know what I mean? But um, you know, and I but and there's there's a lot to there's a lot to learn there, okay? Yes. Yeah, and don't pick you know some little section. Of of a of a code or a UCC or whatever it is you're studying. Okay, when you look at the uh, at, at that stuff, you, you got to go through it right from the beginning where they describe the definitions of the words or how the terms they're not words they're terms. Uh, you know how how these terms are used in that particular statute. You know, for for instance, in one statute you'll have the word person means a joint stock company, and another statute the word person means a, uh, an LLC or an individual. In another statute, it might mean uh, something altogether different, you know, or it, it might specifically exclude certain types of persons. So, well, you know, what, you what, what about a holder in due course? It's vague on what a holder in due course is. My dog could be a holder in due course. If it grabs some papers, it's in its mouth, it's holder in due course. I mean, a thief can be a holder in due course, well, no, too. no, no, no. He's only a holder. Yeah, it's a holder, right. Right. Yeah, hold there and do courses as much detail. But you understand, uh, but you understand what I'm trying to say. Though. I, well, I understand what you're saying, but you, you know, when you look at these things, all right, you, you gotta you gotta realize that when it comes to actual, uh, you know, law, things that deal with debt, things that do that, that deal with rape, things that deal with larceny, things that deal with theft, okay, mm-hmm. robbery. Th- these are all crimes that have existed for a very very long time. And so the foundations of all these statutes is going to be based in common law. So it, it, it's very, very helpful to go there and study those statutes and, and to see where these people are coming from when they write these things, when they write these codes. In New Hampshire, we have something called legislative services. And it's a group of, uh, last I knew, there was, there was nine attorneys, and these guys take the bills that state reps and senators give to them to uh, – to, to, you know, they give them a rough draft of the law or whatever it is that they're trying to get passed. And these attorneys take these bills, you know, these proposals, and they write them up in a, in a technical sense with all the right technical words. So these are probably the best writers there are. 
Okay, mm-hmm. these guys have the job of making sure that the statutes are all uh, running good with each other, that there's no clash, that there's no controversy within the statutes. So when you, when you read that stuff, it gives you a lot of insight into uh, you know what the basis of, of everything is and, and how they look at it. And yeah, you know, but but you're still a man, you know. And if you choose to go that route. Uh, you know, another man has to show up. You know, there's a man only has to answer to another man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, somebody put a YouTube. Uh, Lord, Lord Aaron put a YouTube on my uh, on my Skype, uh, the Word Nerds group a few days ago, and you know, I, I watched it, and, and it, you know, I, it was good. But you can tell that the uh, guy putting the film together didn't have a clue about the words. Okay, words are really, really important. I was just talking to a guy last night, you know, and, and he was reading a notice. He says, uh, you know, I commenced blah, 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 and he went on. Well, if you look up the word commence, it means to begin, but who commences something? Okay, mm-hmm. you know, everybody knows commence has something to do with beginning or, uh, or starting something up, but the word commence uh, literally means a priest. Okay, when a priest begins something, that's commencement. Okay, so if you say commenced, you're saying that you're a priest. You're saying that you're, you know, you're not saying you're a man. A man says, I began. A priest is not going to say, I began the ceremony. He's going to say, I commenced the ceremony because he's a priest. Yeah. So you've got to know what these words mean. And you've got you to, you know, just research. You know, the, the, that's why Kurt, when Carl talks about, uh, you know, Tarzan and Jane and the bone and, and give bone back, you know, you, you got to eliminate the adjectives, you got to eliminate ED, you know, the past tense, the ING, which is the future tense. You got to eliminate all this stuff from your vocabulary. So ING and ED are, should be related, should just get, just get rid of it. Yeah, here's an ED word, bonafide. You're a bonafide purchaser. There'll be ED right there. Bonafide purchaser. Yeah, yeah. I'm a man with the money and I paid cash. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you gotta. You yeah. can't use these fancy words because you don't know who who's bonafide. You know that could be a plumber with with two left feet. You know only only he can be bonafide. You don't really know. It depends on the statue. Mm-hmm. You gotta no, get away from their, e, I was just bringing an easy word. Yeah, I understand what you're doing. Bonafide. You gotta get away from their words. You gotta get away from their stuff. You gotta create your own thing. Okay, you have to be the creator of whatever it is that you're doing. That gives you total control over it. Mm-hmm. Gus, Gus, I love playing with this stuff, so I'm going to keep playing with it and playing with it. So. Oh, it's a great it way to learn. Oh, yeah. I mean, even if you, even if the, people go into court and they lose, I mean, the education that you get from it is immense. You know, where would you go to college if you learn this stuff? You know, I mean, how much would you pay for that service to do no, learn well, it? Well, listen, there's, I don't know if I'd go that far, okay, because, you know, you hear the saying, practice makes perfect, but, you know, if you practice the wrong way, you're not going to get perfect. Perfect practice makes perfect, okay? If you, if you practice something perfectly, then you're going you're gonna to become perfect. But if you practice it the wrong way, you're just going to get worse and worse. Oh, I, I agree. I agree. But, I mean, like, you know, for me, it's just, it was like, okay, so 
you know, you don't argue in court. You know, I mean, you just try not. You, you don't. You don't. You don't. You don't even talk about whatever they want to talk about because you really don't know anything about it. And sort of, there's a trap. Then they set the trap for you to go in there. Don't you want to say something? And you do. And then now they've got jurisdiction over it. You know, they, that's kind of like how I, I looked at. It. But at that time, you know, the trap was set. You know, what I mean, I took the trap. You know, I took the bait. You know, so. But you know, and and but now I wouldn't do that. But you know, Monday night quarterbacking, and I can do it all day long. But at the time, you know, you thought, well, maybe I should, you know. So uh, when, when you're in court, uh, you know, you're there to settle. You're there to settle a claim. You're there as a man in good faith with clean hands to remain in honor. And the way to do that is to settle the claim. You know, you say I owe money. Give me the bill, take the stand, verify the bill in open court, and I'll pay it. End of story. I'm not here to debate. Uh, you know, I trust you. I believe you. But I want it to be public, and, you know, and I want it to be you know, before God and man. Take the stand. Verify, your, you know, verify whatever, whatever your claim is. I don't care what your claim is. I'll settle up with you. you know. If okay, you're willing so to take the stand. Let's take a, for instance, uh, I don't want to do the what ifs, but – um, let's say that the prosecutor said, um, yeah, you harmed me, a, and, um, and uh, I, he walked on the stage. And, and he, if you're talking and about a prosecutor, if you're talking about a prosecutor, then you're yeah, talking about yourself gone, as a right. No, no. If you're talking about a prosecutor, then you're, uh, you're allowing yourself to be in court as a defendant. Yes, right. But if Don would go on the stage, or he, uh, a.k.a. prosecutor, goes on stage, and he swears in that, yeah, I harmed him, and there's a debt, let's say $50, and I'm okay. okay Don First the of money. all, Don, Don's going to take the stand. And Don yeah. is going to say that I'm a man, okay, and, and that man over there did this to me, and I have a claim for 50 bucks. He's not going to take the stand as a prosecutor. Mm-hmm. Okay, a prosecutor... You just you know, a prosecutor is a. I mean, it's a legal term, but it's 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 somebody who pursues. Okay, mm-hmm. so you've got a guy, a man or a woman who's making a claim. It's it, it, you know you got to get away from the legal stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. I get. I I hear what you're saying. The, 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 when you're in court and the prosecutor opens his mouth, you set him straight. Are you the man making a claim? No, I'm the prosecutor. What the hell is that? I'm here to settle a claim. Who invited me to this party? Why am I here? Somebody better be making a claim, because I better not be here wasting my time. I came here to tap dance. You guys are playing disco music. I'm a man. Well, you know, do what you got to do, but you know, I, I choose to forgive and walk away. Oh, you guys didn't know it was a man. Cool. We'll catch you guys later. You know, that, that's it. Yeah, I'm really grateful that they're out there getting, getting, you know, the nasty people off the streets. The guys that are walking around with a bag of heroin and five dirty needles. You know, the, the last thing I need is to run into somebody like that. So I'm glad they're out there, and I'm glad they're doing their job. They're not going to get any props from me. I'll tell you that. You know, they mistakenly, you know, they mistake me for one of those guys that need to be controlled. Then, you know, I'll set that straight and we'll shake hands and walk away. 
I'm clear. I'm clear on this, Gus. You help me a little bit. Bye. All right, who else is up? I need uh, help with uh, getting a hearing for a, a levy, for a bank levy. I listened to Carl a couple of times, and he says about, you know, you would request a hearing. How do you go about requesting the hearing? What's your name? Uh, on the board, it's Crane Man 3355. My name is Mike. Hey, Mike. What, uh, hey, what state are you on? In North Carolina. North Carolina. And you want a hearing for what? Um, they, the, they sent a levy to my bank, okay? And I heard Carl talk. Whoa, 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 um, whoa, whoa. Who's there? Uh, uh, Lions Gary, the Secretary of Revenue, uh, sent a levy to my bank. The Secretary of Revenue for the state of North Carolina? Yeah, his name is Lions Gary. Okay. Okay. Um, they sent it to my bank, and then I'd heard Carl. Uh, I listened to a couple of new. I've been listening for a while, but on some of his specific videos for liens and levies, he kept saying that well, what you should do is you have to request a hearing, but he doesn't elaborate on how to request the hearing. Do I just go down to the courtroom, or do I have to file paper? Just the process of getting the hearing. Once I get the hearing, you know, I'll be okay. But I don't know how to actually get that hearing. So you've got you've got a uh, you've got a, a bill with the, that this man signed, the guy who's acting as the secretary. No, I've been asking them over and over again. Who's the man or woman making a claim that I owe this debt? I will pay the debt. All you have to do is is bring forward a a bill. Sign bill and I'll pay the debt. Well, they they keep ignoring all my uh, letters that I've sent to them. Okay. And and then uh, the other day I checked my bank account and noticed that they had taken my money out. <laughs> uh, I would take my money out of my account before they got to, they got to it. I wouldn't be waiting to see if they're going to play nice. <laughs> well, I mean, I I didn't even didn't know know that there was even a, a lien on it. Um, I guess. My, I was well, you said you've been writing. You said you've been writing letters back and forth. Uh, yes. So you know something's going on. So, but I mean, how do you, uh, like I said, how do you request this hearing to make the man or woman, you know, supposedly saying that they have a right to issue this levy to appear? Because he so talked about it like two or three let me, times. Let me get so. No, no, I hear, I hear you, and I think you're misunderstanding something. Okay. Um, you know, as a person, you can request. As a man, you're going to require. I'm going okay. to just clarify that because everybody's freaking out on the board. Yeah, uh, sorry. No, that's all right. Uh, but the uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, are they doing this through some kind of a wage garnishment? They're, they're, this is just a straight up levy on your your checking account. Just, yeah, they did. Uh, they did a, a levy on the checking account, and I'm afraid what they're going to do is go from there to go to a garnishment on my wages. All right. So, what's this guy's name again? His first name? Lions. L Y O N S. Okay. So Lions is uh, he's the man who's sitting currently as the Secretary of the Treasury for North Carolina. Right. He's the Secretary of Revenue. Okay, and for the, when you wrote when you you wrote him a letter specifically, I wrote him several letters. 
specifically. Okay, and hold on, hold on. Just one question at a time. Did you did you handwrite those letters? Yes. And what did they say? All right. Let me see. Let me get the first one back. Is there more than a paragraph? Um, a little bit more than a paragraph. Not much. The first, first one was uh, I had written to, to the department first um, because I was getting letters that were, weren't being signed at all whatsoever. Um, so I was asking, you know, who, who, you know, who is, you know, sending me this letter? Who is the man that I can talk to? If I, you know, owe this debt, I want to settle the debt in honor. Just give me the, you know, sign a bill and send it to me, and I'll, you know, verify it, and I'll begin to pay the debt. You know, but so, they, yeah. I never got no That's name. All, and, it was those, were those separate letters, or is that all one letter? Um, uh, it was in one letter where I said, Please give me the the name of the man or woman making a claim that I owe this uh, debt, and you know, send me a bill of particulars, and I'll begin the process of paying the debt immediately. Send it off. Okay, didn't so get no response. You, 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 you bit off too much in one bite. You got okay. to write. A, you got to write a letter and say, you know, dear Mister or Mrs. Uh, you know, Department of Revenue, whatever. You know, the, 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 the name of the corporations. Uh, dear Mr. and Mrs. Coca-Cola, uh, please let me know who you are to me and what you seek from me. Thank you. That, that's okay. the first letter. Yeah, who are you? And, and what's our relationship? Right. Uh, I mean, are you claiming that uh, that you have, you just had my kid? You know, who are you? Okay. That, that's what you want to find out. Until you get an answer to that, you know, there's there's no reason to go, go forward with settling the debts and the claims and and verified letters and you know, these things are all one step at a time. So you know, you've got the idea correct. You know you, you want to settle the claims. You're, you're looking for a bill. You're looking for something that's signed. You're looking for something that they're willing to verify in open court. But you don't put all that in the first letter. And you know, I mean, you, you look like a guy holding a gasoline tank ready to set somebody on fire. So you got to go much much slower and not and not scare the crap out. Uh, the fact that you you know you wrote it by hand is fantastic. And you know this is really good advice for me too because because I don't I do the same thing you do. <laughs> right. I just want I want this shit to get over with. You know, and I don't want to deal with the little guys at the bottom and work my way up. You right. know, so, it's so, something that that Carl busts my 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 chops on. You know, I, I want to get it over with. I, I ain't got time to deal with this crap. And but you know, really, you know, you got to go slow. You, you got to find out who is it you're dealing with, and if you handle things right from the beginning, it's not going to be an emergency, and you can work your way through. Okay, so but what do I do from here? You know, because well, they've they've who put uh, the lien, who put the lien on your property? Who signed that paper? Nobody. Nobody signed it. There's no judgment. There's no nothing. So where was your property before somebody else took it? It was in the bank. Okay, so the uh, is the bank a private bank or a large bank? It's Bank of America. All right, so Bank of America has uh, a CEO, a CFO, uh, you know, COO. You know, so you, you got to figure out who you want to write to, and say I left. You know, I I I, I placed my property. Uh, 
with your, you know, your institution, your whatever, with your employees. Uh, but you're gonna you're gonna write a letter to the man, letting the man know that you you placed your property with with that man, and uh, and he gave it away. Who who gave you? you know, I, I require to know, you know what authority that you uh, have right to, give, to give my property. Well, yeah. Yep. What authority do you think you have to give my stuff away? You and I had a contract that I would put my stuff here and I would pick it up later, like a storage unit. Right. And if he says no, well, you know, if you look at the contract, it says that if somebody puts a lien on it, I'm giving your shit away. And, you know, you come back and say, that's not my understanding of the contract. So obviously we had no contract. Give me my property back. Right. So, but there's a lot of little steps in between. Right. But, you, you know, you, you, you can stop dealing with the man who gave your stuff away. Right. Now, you know, Carl also says, you know, you, you, you know, by having this, this hearing, you can get either a lien or a levy lifted. That's what I'm trying to figure out. What do I, you know, can I, you know, have well, a I hearing? Don't, and then, I don't, when you say Carl says this and Carl says that, I, I, that doesn't even sound familiar. I, well, I, I don't I, know where. When I listen to, to, you know, if you go on YouTube, they'll have uh, uh, recordings where yeah. you know, he talks about liens and levies, and he was talking to people and says, you know, what you you know want to do to get one of them listed, you re- you require a hearing, and then you have the man or woman you know make them try and come forth. They won't come forth, and then you 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 can get the 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 lien or the levy lifted. What I didn't know is is how do you get to have this hearing to to stop the levy and stop them from putting any future levies. Okay, I I I don't. That, I don't think I've heard that recorded. I, um, I don't recall that. I'd have to pull up, but it, it, it's on YouTube. If you put in uh, YouTube liens and levies, you, there's like yep. two or three of them that you can listen to, and, and he he talks about uh, requesting or requiring a hearing. All right, hold on a so. second. I see Mike's on here. Mike, are you familiar with that? Uh, hold hold does, on a second. Yeah. Yeah, this is Vital. I think uh, that's before they take anything, not after they took it. Okay. Yeah, well, that would make sense. Because after they take it, you're looking to you know place the claim. Well, but you know what he said is that he he would he, what he said was that you know, if they place a lien, you move like lightning to to get a hearing to get the the lien lifted. Okay. Okay, and, and like you said, he said, you know, to, to get a hearing, and I'm trying to figure out, well, how do you get this hearing to get it lifted? Because they, if nobody comes forward and proves that they have the right to to your property, that then they, then they have to lift the lien. I mean, I don't know if you want to you know, talk to Carl. Yeah, on it, the, you're, you're, you're talking about uh, the thing is, is you're talking about an administration. You know, some 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 sort of uh, an administrative branch of government that has the ability. To, you know, the, the banks are all charted through the Secretary of State's office. So, you know, they, they they have to do whatever the state tells them to do. If the state says to give over your property, that's what they're going to do. You know, you know, and you can handle that uh, afterwards, like we were just talking about. But to handle it beforehand, when you get a notice that there's a levy. 
uh, I would think that the way to handle that is to write to the department head of that administration, you know, that that branch, that administrative branch, and uh, tell them that they've made, you know, they, they they've made a mistake or they are an error. Probably made a mistake because an error means it's systemic. Um, so that you know, you believe there's a mistake and you want to make sure that nothing happens before you have a chance to be heard. And because they're taking, you know, and this is the problem with not knowing, um, not so much the statutes in this case, but, you know, your, your constitutional stuff. If you've done the research, uh, you have the right to be fully heard. And, you know, like due process is, a, is, a, is legalese, but it's also written into the Constitution. So, you know, when a man is talking about due process, uh, he's not talking about the same thing that, that an attorney is talking about. And, you know, your, your right to, to be fully heard in your defense before property can be taken from you is, you know, something that you can put in, into a notice into that department and let them know that you require, you know, to be heard. And that would stall them out. I don't know if that would really do anything, it, it, but it would probably stall them out for two or three weeks until they gave you a hearing, and then as soon as they give you a date, uh, you know, you, you, you'd know how much time you had left to, to, you know, put a claim in someplace or to do something else. But uh, I, I'm just not – I'm not clear enough on on the process to clear to, to clean that up. Yeah, other hey, than Jeff, can I say something? something? Yeah, go ahead. Well, what happens is, is he's got a notice of levy, and notice of levy is a result of something. So we would say that's a resulting document, right? A result of something. What supports that notice of levy, right? So you're, what you're saying is you're converting it to, like, where's the hearing at? And if you want to do it statutorily, it would be a bill of attainer, which was illegal that have some, you weren't there. If it was in your behalf that said, it, you know, they, they, you know that they were able to do that. So you're converting it from the bill of attainer, I guess, to say, well, look, I wasn't president of no hearing. No one notified me of anything. You know, I, you know, so I would have been there if somebody would have said something. So what supports that? And then who's the man that said that, yeah, they could take your property? And that's, what, okay, that's the, what's going on. The, the bill of attainer and, and these other things. Uh, yeah, I know, I know that you're converting it. But I was just trying to put it in some context that where, like, somebody could say, well, I read that and then, that's what that means. I understand you're converting. I mean, you convert it to where, where a man well, I'm says, what I'm, I what I'm, what I'm, right. what I'm saying, what I'm saying is that uh, as a man, you have a right to be fully heard before right. they do anything. However, right. as a you know, if if the presumption is that you're a person, an employee of a corporation, which is also chartered through the state, you know, everybody's a person. You, the corporation. The, the state, you know, everybody's a person, and so the law of persons applies, not the law of man. And so, uh, you know, the, the biggest monkey wrench you can throw into that process is to let them know that you're a man and that you require your property to be let alone until you've had a chance to be fully hurt. And, you know, hopefully that will, you know, that will cause everything to seize up and give you a chance to, to you know, get your, you know, get some kind of a foundation set uh, and, and you can take it from there, but as far as what Carl meant and, and what you what you heard, I'm not familiar with it. I don't know if Mike is. Mike's on the call. I see him on here. 
Mike, if you want to come in and, and jump on this, let me know because I'm I'm kind of out of last. It's not something I'm familiar with. Yeah, I'm not really sure about the. Um, it sounds kind of familiar, but I don't really remember about the um, requiring a hearing. I remember uh, that Jonathan and Jesse in Canada, they um, they did what they called a return of property hearing. And I was also thinking maybe the, the requiring a hearing that Carl's talking about, maybe that means as in like in the statutory world, you would file an, an emergency injunction to stop the harm until there's a decision. Yeah, so that doesn't sound like anything like what this guy's talking about. He's talking yeah, about going into, going into the administration and, and, and setting it up. Uh, what Jonathan and Jesse did is, is they, they had a, a, a property restoration hearing based on the claim that they had put into the court. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. It doesn't, it doesn't sound familiar. But see, usually for something like that to happen, there would either have to be a court hearing and a decision, some kind of a court judgment, or there would be three notices, no response, and then they would go ahead with whatever summary judgment or whatever they call that. But yeah, they, they don't. They don't. They don't have to have a hearing. They don't have to have a judgment in order to take your property if you're a person. And it's right. also right in the right in their statutes. But they would have the levy. But even according to their statutes, they're expected to follow certain processes and procedures. Yes, absolutely. But they don't. don't. But now, if, you don't know. You don't understand their, their language. Okay? So don't yeah, say but, they're, they're not following the process because you, you really don't know. But generally, the IRS will send you three notices before they take action. Or usually there's some kind of court order or at least some kind of some kind of document usually before they go and lean and levy or take property or it's usually one yeah. or the two. It's it's the three notices or there's been a court order. Usually it's one of the two as far as I can tell. Well, I mean, I've answered every letter or anything that they've ever sent to me and there's been no court. I've had no judgment, nothing. Okay, so what what that tells me is that you always answered the letters as a person. I answered you ever, as a man. Yeah, okay, so your letter your letter said, "I, a man, write to you, Bob, the the man currently sitting as Secretary of the Treasury of North Carolina, to right. uh, let you know or to ask you." Or to whatever, okay, whatever the whatever comes next. So you wrote to him. I'm a man, you know, dear Bob Greaves. Hope you had a nice Labor Day weekend. Uh, I'm a, you know, I a man. Uh, I'm, I'm writing to you as the man sitting. Uh, I'm I a man. I'm writing to you as the man currently sitting as Secretary of the Treasury of North Carolina to find out, uh, you know. How to how to settle this this uh, this particular issue on account number such and such without any further action from any department because this is you know or whatever I mean whatever you're going to say you're going to make mm -hmm. it short and sweet but you got to make sure that it's you the man 
talking to the man sitting in that position who has authority to control a, you know, some kind of a department. And if he doesn't control that department properly, uh, you know, he could be liable for causing harm to a man because he's the one who's got the responsibility to train, discipline, and monitor uh, every one of those employees. He, he's the ultimate guy and, or woman, you know. So you've you got to make sure that your status is clear and, uh, you know, and the letter might be real simple. It might be I'm writing to you as the man sitting in this position to find out the, the name of the man or woman that I need to talk to to settle this account. And he, and he might write back to you and say, oh, you should talk to Frank. So you talk, you write, you know, a letter to Frank, and, you know, Frank, uh, you know, Jimmy, the secretary, the, the man sitting as secretary told me to write to you, uh, the, the man sitting, you know, you know whatever. But you've you got to make sure that everybody understands that you're a man and that at no time that you are something other than a man. And as a man, then the entire world comes into focus, which is, you know what, let me, let me read this to you. I pulled it up and I wanted to read it earlier. This was the Declaration of Independence, okay? <clears throat> the, uh, the unanimous declaration of the 13 United States of America, comma, when in the course of human events, it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with one with another, and to assume among the powers of the earth a separate and equal station to which the laws. Vital, you want to mute out there? Is that you sucking on a straw? Yeah, sorry, that was muted. All right. Uh, the separate and equal stations to which the laws of nature and of nature's God entitle them, a decent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impelled them to the separation. So what they're saying in that first paragraph is, uh, you know, this, this, is, this is what we're doing, and we believe that we should let you know, we should tell you why we're doing it. So we're going to separate, we're going to go on our own, we're going to do our own thing, but we believe that we should tell you why we're going to do this thing. So the next paragraph is, is you know, very, very important. These are their beliefs. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that, all, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, period. The next sentence is critical. That to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. All right? That is everything. To secure these rights, governments are instituted among men. So what you're, what you're looking at is uh, you have a corporation, which is the, you know, the, the, the Treasury Department, whatever. You know, these are all subdivisions of a government which exists for the purpose of securing these rights, all right? Your right to life, your right to liberty, your right to comb your hair to the left, your right to, to walk backwards, if you wish. So, okay, the purpose of government, this is what they believe. They, they got together, they created, okay, whoever they is, okay, they created, you know, these men created this corporation, this, this body politic, for the purpose of securing these rights. 
And so they created the Secretary of State's office. The Secretary of State has the authority to uh, charter, to allow a, a company to charter. They, you know, the, uh, every city in the, in, the, in the state, every town has, uh, well, not, okay, there's some that are not chartered. All right, there, there are some unchartered towns, some un, um, there's another word for charters, but you know, the Secretary of State is part of that, that big picture of that government that exists to secure rights. And then you know, if Coca-Cola wants to do business in your state, they have to get the Secretary of State's permission to do that. They have to put in the paperwork, and they have to do the, you know, that same paperwork for every state. So does Tylenol and Kleenex. And Arm and Hammer, and that, you know whoever else, you know whoever wants to do, uh, whoever wants to have a factory or, or a, a business in your state, a hairdresser, okay, because she's a person. If Mary wants to cut hair, that's perfectly fine. But if she wants to be a hairdresser, you know now she's, you know she's admitting that she's a person. She's she's uh, she wants to take on the role of a person and get the benefits of a person, you know that that come from the state. And so she's gonna have she's agreeing through the Secretary of State's office to start her, her company there. So all these corporations, you know, Tylenol, Coca-Cola, Mary, you know, the, the, the hairdresser, okay, the, 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 the salon, whatever the name of the salon is, every one of these uh, entities ultimately exists to secure these rights, okay, because that's the purpose of government, and everything that you're dealing with is government. So whose rights are they there to secure? They're there to secure the rights of men, the property of men, because all rights are property. So to secure rights, to protect property, to ensure, and, and then, okay, the, the, then they did the, uh, the Articles of Confederation, and then later on they did the Constitution. You know, nobody pays attention to the Articles of Confederation. You should read it. it it's real simple stuff. It's, it's kind of nice that it was so simple. There, there was very, very, very little power given to the, to the federal government. So they came up with the Constitution to, to firm that up, to, to, you know, to form a more perfect union. More perfect union for what? What was the purpose to, of the more perfect union? Well, it was the same thing as the original, the Articles of Confederation. It, it was to secure these rights. You know, that's why government is instituted among men. And I hammer on this because this is what it all comes down to. You know, in order to form a more perfect union, to ensure... Uh, to ensure justice and domestic tranquility and to provide for the, you know, the general good and common defense. And so it, it, it all comes down to the same thing, okay? It's to form a more perfect union to do the same thing. They're just getting more detailed about it, but it's to secure rights and to protect property. So you have to have that deep in your soul when you go to this administration and say to them, uh, I'm a man, you, you're, you're messing with my property, and I want you to, you know, Stop everything. We need to have a hearing, you know. And you put this, you know, you put it in a simple note. Hey, Bob, this is what's going on. You probably didn't realize, but I'm a man, and you're messing with my property, and I'd like to have a, you know, a chat about this at some point in the very near future. Okay. You know, but, but that's the message you want to convey. You, you have to know that everybody out there who's tied to the government in any way whatsoever, even through a corporation exist to secure rights and to protect property. Okay, so one would be to, you know, one, write a letter to the bank and ask them what right they have to administer my property without my consent. 
But don't worry about administering your property, okay? Hi, Bob. I placed my stuff in, you know, uh, in, you know, in trust with you. And okay. I went to get it, and it was gone. What would you do with my stuff? Okay, you don't worry about administrating your property and all the fancy words. You know, keep it simple. Now, how, how would you talk to your next-door neighbor? What did hey, you do Frank, with my property? The, yeah, well, where's the lawnmower I let you borrow? You said you are going to bring it back Tuesday. Right. Well, I, I, I gave it to Frank. What do you mean you gave it to Frank? <laughs> yeah, it's the same stuff. It, it's, it, there's nothing... There's nothing really different. It, it's real basic, common stuff. And the, the way and then, that the, you know, the, the legal society gets you is to get you sucked into all the technical words, and you know, they, they want you to play their game. Don't play their game. Hey, Bob, I, gave, you know, I let you borrow my lawnmower. I, I, you know, I, I trusted you to hold on to my stuff, and you know, I, I went to get it, and it was gone. Where did it go? Well, I gave it to Frank. What the hell are you doing? Giving it to Frank? What the heck's the matter with you? Yeah, you, you got three days. Give me back my stuff. I'll be back mm-hmm. on Tuesday. I'm going on a road trip. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm going to watch Captain Kangaroo live. Yeah, and uh, when I get back, I expect to see my lawnmower back in the garage. Have a good weekend. Okay. And then the second one be to write a letter to Lions and you know tell them that the. Uh, uh, Yeah, I'm a man, and I believe that the purpose of government is to secure rights and to protect property. And somebody in your administration is, uh, you know, is, is you know, has taken my property, and this is causing me harm. And, and you know, I need to talk to somebody about you know about this problem. Okay. Yeah, that's that's the idea. That's not the technical words you want to use when you're. You, know, you, oh, you don't right. want to yeah. use those words specifically. Just like you don't right. want to use the word commence because right. a priest, you know, commence some commences something. You know, a, a man begins, a, a priest commences. So you, you got to be careful with the words you choose. But the idea is that, hey, that's my stuff, and you know, uh, we need to talk. No. All right, well, I'll give that a shot. And then, you know, if you happen to get with Carl and, and talk to him about it, if he, you know, says anything, let me know. But uh, uh, Carl and I talk he, about everything but law. Well, yeah. I shouldn't say that. You know, he talks to me about law. He doesn't talk about the law I want to hear about. He knows yeah. what I want to hear about, and he talks about everything else. <laughs> yeah. so, and, uh, you know, if I have any success or good news, I'll let you guys know. All right, but you know, take it one little step at a time. You know, small increments. You, you right. just gotta, you know, are, are you, you know, there's no sense getting into a big, long, long, drawn-out explanation of what's going on and how you believe this or that if you're talking right. to the wrong guy. You know, you, you know, clarify the fact that you're you're at least talking to the right man or woman before you continue on with the story. Right. You, know, you, you call up someplace and the. And the and the secretary answers the phone, and you give her a half-hour spiel, and she says, all right, let me connect you with the financing department, and you've got to start all over again. You know, right. She was not the one that you needed to talk to. 
it's the same thing. You got to, you know, very first thing is, are you the man who's got authority to deal with this problem, with this issue, with this situation, with this matter? What, you know, depends on, it depends on what you're, you know, the, the issue that you're dealing with. Right. So, okay. I'll see what I can do. All right. Sorry. I wish I could be more help. Thanks, Gus. No problem. Take care. Hey, Gus. Hey. Hey, it's Lucy. I have um, got your email about the case in Virginia for return of children. Okay. Um, I'm not sure if I... uh, Did you write to me like Wednesday last week? I did, yeah. Uh, I I wrote to you after the hearing um, in their court, and I went and um, tried my best to open up a court of record, and uh, I wrote to you what happened. They um, went to recess and uh, held me in contempt, tried to bring me back into their jurisdiction, and I stood my ground um, as politely as I could and put me back in contempt, uh, holding cell. Um, does that ring a bell? Do you remember that email at all? It, it, it does, yeah. Keep going. Okay. Um, so when the second time they brought me out in front of the court, um, again, trying to make different little, you know, speeches, um, trying to do smear tactics and, you know, insults, mental health, trying to say I was on drugs or if I was feeling okay. And um, okay, they yeah. judge, mm-hmm, he said flat out, um, I'm not going to allow you to take over my court. And he proceeded to enter orders in their case and uh, told me to leave. Uh, I, I, you know what it is, is I, I read um, a lot of different stuff, and so I get things mixed up with other people. And uh, mm-hmm. so, what's your name again? Um, I, I can go by Terry. Terry, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, can, you can, you can tell me your name's Bob. <laughs> I just, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter. Uh, so, uh, how many, how many kids are you talking about? Two. All right, and what's the age? Two boys, one seven, one three. Seven and three. And what's the, how, how did this all get started? I, um, you mean their allegations that they're under their statutes and all of that? That's that, what you mean? Well, uh, you know, one day. One day you were going to the park and you were buying ice cream for the boys and you were enjoying life. The next day you've got a problem. So something happened between point A and point B, and I have no idea what that is. So whatever you want to tell me. Okay, sure. I um, was uh, picking up one, the older one, from school and uh, ran into the uh parking lot. I drove into the parking lot and I was running late. Uh, The other one was at the time um, 11 months. So I made the mistake and said, well, I'll just run in quickly. 
on school property, ran inside, signed the older one out, ran back to the car. Uh, teacher saw me. She called an investigation, um, social services. You know, the very, very um, rude people came, you know, calling me, harassing me. Every five minutes there's a phone call. We need to speak with you right away. We have to open up an investigation. And um, at the time I was somewhat familiar with constitutional law. Um, so I said, well, I know I, I don't have to speak with you unless I have an attorney present and I need time to get that. So I will contact you then. Um, that didn't go well. They brought police to the house, um, did not take the kids, served me with a notice to go to court. We went to court. Um, I did have an attorney present. The judge said, no, I'm not going to make any changes to custody. Um, leave everything as is, that he entered an order. How long ago was that? 2013. He entered an order, and of course this is all in their their legally stuff. Um, I'm still fighting my constitutional rights, no due process, you know, um, all that stuff. You don't don't have constitutional rights. The Constitution was written to give the government the right to exist. So the, the government has constitutional rights, okay? okay. And, and whatever whatever the men who pledged their honor in their lives and their fortunes or whatever to create this government, that's them. That's between them and that government which exists. So that 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 was their thing, their contract, their stuff. So you don't have constitutional rights. You have a you have rights as a woman uh, under under law common law, whatever you want to call it, uh, to, to be let alone, to exist, and to live your life, and so on. The constitutional part of this is there's the Bill of Rights, which uh, secures your, you know, the, some of your rights are enumerated in the Bill of Rights. However, Article 9 of the Bill of Rights says that uh, you know, nothing is to be misconstrued to eliminate the rights that were previously held by man. So you have all your rights intact from all the way back to caveman, period. So don't talk about constitutional rights because you're, you're extremely limiting yourself. You know, you're putting extreme limits on, on who you are and what you can do. So, okay. Uh, yeah, so you don't want to go there. How, how long have you been listening to Carl? Um, recently I just, um, they returned one child and then took him back. So that's when things just went to the moon. Um, I would say the past two or three months now, but uh, every minute that I'm not at work, I'm reading, practicing. I've actually already filed a couple of claims. Um, and then of course, you know, had the hearing. Um, but just recently I've been finding relief. Okay, well, keep going from where you left off, from 2013. They had a hearing. Judge, uh, the, the man, do you remember the man's name? Was it Bob Frank William? George. Okay, so George, the man acting as judge or magistrate, uh, said everything is going to remain the same. He wrote the order, and how long was that order in effect? How long did it stay in effect? It was... When... when, when when was there another hearing that you know where where somebody uh, changed the orders? 
it was to be, uh, I believe, 30 days. That it was entered April um, April 11th, and the um, next one was scheduled for May 3rd. Okay. So he found that there was no emergency. And right. A pe- pending further hearing that you were going to hold on to the kids. Correct. Okay. So what happened at the next hearing? Well, before the next hearing, um, I had uh, purchased uh, travel tickets to my mother who lives out of the state uh, in the U.S. territory, Um, and it was a round trip, so I rescheduled the return so that we would come back before the next hearing, so we we would be on time for court. Um, And uh, I conferred with the attorney. I said, listen, hey, we bought this trip way before any of this even happened. This is not an attempt to get away or whatever. The lawyer told me, well, just make sure you're back before the hearing. You know, I said, okay, that's fine. We went to go see grandma. So we're down in the Caribbean with grandma and um, they actually come all the way down there and take the kids. So that's when all hell broke loose. You know, um, we filed a federal complaint. They threw me in jail for child endangerment, um, just making up stuff that didn't even exist, you know, um, and uh, I got another lawyer because um, that lawyer then said, no, I never told her to go. He backed out of it. He didn't. He, when he saw what happened, he backed out of it. And, and they were just so excited to have a criminal charge at that point as well and um, get paid for that as well. So it was just double, double dipping pretty much. Um, the reports from the Guardian at Lightham and all their lawyers all say the children were happy, healthy, you know, talking about airplanes, enjoying the flying on airplanes. Um, who, who, is, who is it that, uh, how did everything go from being okay to them picking up the kids in the Caribbean? You know, it sounds like only a couple of months went by. Well, not even right. a couple of months. It sounds like, like two or three weeks went by. Exactly. That's what my lawyer put in the, the her motions when we were still in that jurisdiction. She said um, they had visited family in the Caribbean less than two weeks after the judge issued the order. Uh, mom had full custody of the kids. There was no uh, removal order, no violations. Um, one attorney, uh, the guardian, um, she's of Indian descent. I don't know if she just didn't like me or just maybe felt she could take advantage. I really don't know. Uh, The whole case since then has been about her motions in the court. Nevertheless, she filed a show cause uh, motion to... Who who, who is she to to you? You What's the relationship between her and you, her and the kids? Is she she saying that she's an interested third party in the children, that she's somehow got a relationship with them? Right. The um, at the April hearing before the trip, the judge appointed her as guardian for the children, so the the children's lawyer. Okay. So she's the guardian at litem. It's a Latin term, um, of course. You know. No, I'm, you fam- know I'm familiar. I, I didn't realize she was the guardian at litem. She was acting in that capacity. Yes, so, acting in that capacity. So you were down in the Caribbean, and while you were there. Uh, who who told her that you were down there? Um, well, my older son, there was a celebration. There was a birthday celebration. Um, the oldest living Virgin Islander 
was celebrating her birthday. It was a newspaper. She's a relative of mine. It was about 120 people at her birthday. She's celebrating 111 years, newspapers and so forth, photographs, my son blowing out the birthday candles on the front page. That's the document the guardian ad litem presented to the court stating that I had uh, taken the children out of the jurisdiction, taken them out of the state, making up a whole bunch of stuff. It's, her motion was first, then the county, the social services came after. So social services was not initiating the removal. It was just this one woman acting as guardian ad litem. Okay, um, what state do you live in? What, this, what, what part of the country are you on? The the case is in Virginia. The, the, all Virginia. these people are in Virginia. Mm-hmm. Since then, I've moved. I've gotten out of that whole area, but... Um, everything's still in Virginia right now. All right. And this is still 2013. Yeah. So so they came down to the Caribbean and picked up the kids? Correct. Yes. Put them on airplanes and put them in foster care in Virginia. And okay, keep going with the story. What happened next? So um, after that, um, there was many motions filed, motions to vacate uh, the plane tickets showing that I was a round trip. It was not a one-way. All of that was filed in court. Um, we They rescheduled the May 2nd hearing to May 23rd. So the first time since then we went to court was May 23rd. Um, they were, I, I guess I posted bail um, and got out of jail because they arrested me off the airplane, by the way. I flew back. So they came down, took the kids, and then I flew, like, the next day back to Virginia. And then as soon as I landed at Reagan National, they um, told everyone on the plane not to get up. We have a special situation. I just, you know, tried to save everybody this this ridiculous of it. And I walked out to the plane, and I said, I know you're looking for me. Um, I'm right here. They didn't believe me. They said, no, we need to check your seat. Do you have it? And I'm saying, it's, I mean, I, I'm sure that this is related to me, sir. It, they didn't even want to arrest me, but then they finally did. Um, and so um, I just to spare everybody else on the plane. I don't know what their schedules were. It's not fair to them. So I just thought this was ridiculous. Okay. And they had all. Well, it's not. You insisted on getting arrested? <laughs> <laughs> No, at the time, I didn't want to cause them any inconvenience because they 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 actually entered the cabin itself and yeah, was going to, yeah. I, I hear what you're saying, just, but you insisted on getting arrested. So, <laughs> yeah, they they caved in to your request. That's, uh, that's pretty good. So what happened after that? You, know, you had this hearing on May 23rd. What happened there? Right, the hearing on May 23rd, um, the the man acting as judge gave a list of about five or six things for me to do. He wanted drug tests, um, parenting classes, um, psychological tests, and um, I think that was it. I could could see the kids. I could go visit them, so I had to go to um, the social services department, right? And, you know, the baby was all messed up because he was nursing and he didn't have nursing anymore. So he's all agitated and cranky and that, that broke my heart. And then the other one was scared. He said, I don't know who these people are. They forced me in an airplane like they were not settled. And so that was the first thing breaking my heart. Um, but nevertheless, they uh, 
I did everything. Well, he, he, I, ordered, he ordered all these things. And I went and, and did everything. Mm-hmm. Okay. And when was the next year? Okay. Uh, I believe about maybe 45 days after that. They were following their succession, um, adjudicatory hearing um, to deem me uh, – to make a, a decision, there was an arraignment in the criminal case. So there's two cases simultaneously going on. The one for um, well, the, oh, the criminal case has got nothing to do with the kids. I mean, they're, they're saying that you kidnapped, you did, you know, you, you're, you didn't follow the court. Uh, there was a, there was a court order from the April 14th here, and oh, it must have said right. something about you know you got to stay within the jurisdiction of the state or the county or, or whatever. Actually, uh, it didn't. Probably, it, well. That they're going to, you know, they were claiming that, that it did or claiming that you did something that violated that court order. You know, whatever it is, it's really not about the kids. So stick with the, you know, with that one case with the kids. So you had uh, this hearing in May and you had another hearing in, in, you know, in July, August, May, 2013. June. June, June. Well, June sixth was the arraignment um, for the criminal charges. They were trying to get me with a felony for child endangerment, but the judge said it didn't match because there was no harm to the children, no damage to the, no psychological damage. Yeah, so, but that, that, when was the next hearing? With, you know, regarding the case? in the other case. Okay, um, that was. Uh, I don't remember the exact date, but it must have been sometime in June. Um, or July, July ninth. Yeah, you said forty-five days, so there must have been mm-hmm. July, maybe August. So what happened at that one? Okay, at that one, um, they held a hearing where they said, uh, based on the, uh, well, okay, my mother's actually an attorney, but she's not licensed in um, Virginia, so she filed a motion to suppress because they were trying to use the criminal evidence and statements into the uh, abuse and neglect case. So that that was a, a legal somehow, so they switched it around. And so they had the um, uh, abuse and neglect one first, and then the criminal charges. So the abuse and neglect was held first, and that one they said that they um, – the judge said based on preponderance of the evidence or, you know, whatever, they held it yeah, so that, right, they found yeah, so, adjudicated so you, you, me. Yeah, don't get into all the technical stuff. I understand English quite well. Just, you know, you went to court and, you know, there, there was some evidence presented. What was the end result of that hearing? They made a finding of neglect of the 11-month-old. Okay, and the neglect was what? That you had left them in the car? Correct, yes. Okay, and then uh, the, the, the 11-month-old was placed in foster care and you got the 7-year-old? The, 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 what well, was he, 5 at the time? N- no, they, after that, um, multiple hearings later, they made a finding of at risk. They said since they were both in the same household, the uh, older one was then at risk. And so, so they June, kept him. In the, at the July hearing, 2013, they kept the 11-month-old and the uh, the older one. Correct. Yes. Okay. And what else was determined at that hearing? 
more stuff to do. They wanted a second round of everything, drug tests, psychological. Um, they wanted me to go to their own psycho- psychologist. They didn't like the one I went to. They, 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 it didn't give them any red flags, so they wanted to go. Wanted me to go to their specific. Yeah, of course. Right. Yeah. <laughs> So, oh, it's, um, you know, it's, it's, it's what it is. You know, it is what it is. So, um, you know, you didn't, exactly. you hadn't been studying. You didn't know what was going on. So that's where you're at. Hold on, hold on, Bob. Um, I'm just trying to get uh, the storyline and find out what's going on. So they they kept both kids. They scheduled another hearing, obviously, you know, out of the process. Mm-hmm. So would they go 90 days out? Uh, no, it was... Um about another 45 days, and what I did, I appealed it from the family court to the circuit court, um, mm-hmm. and then um, the appeal was, uh, and they were playing games with the court and the case number, saying that, oh, uh, we didn't appeal it in the right case number and, you know, all kinds yeah, of things. So what happened with the boys? Did they remain in somebody else's custody from from 2013 to today? Um, somewhat until uh, December to uh, September 2014, so about 18 months they were in care. Um, we had tried to do uh, an option of having my mother. They investigated my mother in the Caribbean as being a custodian, um, and right as soon they were going through that process, she had a stroke, so she was no longer um, a viable, you know, custodian. Yeah. Um, then they were going towards my aunt. Meanwhile, I'm still doing everything that they're asking. Every time we go to court, it's a new list. Oh, well, why don't we check well, they're, her? They're, yeah, they're, they're going to give you a list. You know, they're they're going to have you washing dishes down at McDonald's before you know it. <laughs> it, it none, of it's, none of it's relevant. You know, it's, they're they're going right. to give you stuff to do because they want you to focus on something other than the fact that they're taking your property. Right. So, but you don't know that because it's 2014 and you haven't had a chance to study so right. at the hearing in 2014, it's in September. Did you did you get either one of the boys back? Uh, no, they uh, found they gave one to. Uh, so it's two children, two different fathers. Don't ask. So one father had one child. They um, forced him to take the child. He did not want to take him. Never filed for custody. Never even paid child support. But they forced him to take the child against my wishes. We filed for an injunction. The judge granted it. Those two lawyers, the same guardian and the county attorney, walked out of circuit court, went back to family court, and got a custody order where nobody else was present in that courtroom and then came back to circuit court where my, me and my attorney were and told the judge the child has already been transferred to the father. The father's in, the, in another state altogether. Now we have three different states. And he, they said, well, I'm sorry, there's nothing we can do. The child is out of our jurisdiction at this point. So we couldn't even, we didn't even have the opportunity to fight. My lawyer could, didn't even have the opportunity to file anything. Oh, okay, that's, that's, that's fine. I, I just... Uh, yeah, sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. It's, well, no, it, it's just uh, I'm I'm not familiar enough with uh, it, there's just so much to become familiar with. And, Guys, you uh, don't yeah. have to become familiar with nothing. She oh, knows know already in her heart what is the thing, and yes. she's asking you for answers, and the answers are already inside of her. She needs yes, to just go 
with her gut. Yeah. She needs to just go with her gut and just be bold. And you Sarah, don't, you know, you know when somebody trespasses against you. You know when you trespass against somebody. You just, you don't need to ask us. It's already within you. Yeah, but I still got another hour of the show to go. Well, I'm just trying to tell this lady. I mean, she, I think I think I think she's on here because she knows. I did. I went down there. I did. I did follow my gut. I drove my. I drove down there and I took my child and I brought him back home. And they called. They tried to file all kind of things against me yeah, and try to have me arrested. Beat you up. Don't let them beat you up. You got to stand your your gut, your ground. You know. Mm-hmm. It's already there. I mean, if somebody touches my kids, I'm gonna kill you. If somebody touches my wife, I'm going to kill you. I don't care then, who you and, are. And, that, and then what's going to happen? Well, I don't mean I shouldn't have said kill. I would never kill no oh, one. You, you said it, okay? It's those words and it's those actions and it's those emotions that well, no, you have to put. Come from right, you got to put it aside, man. you got, you got to huh? put it aside, all right? You, you know, you're dealing with a legal society and... I'm asking this lady questions to find out who she is, what's been going on, what she's been doing, because, you know, I don't want to do something that's going to cause those kids to be further in danger. I don't know who I'm talking to. She wouldn't even be calling you. Of course she would. She could be, you know, she could be using, she could be, you know, uh, know, putting her kids in a hotel room for, you know, with some, you know, some nasty old man. Uh, uh, who wants to oh have sex God. with the kids? How, how, how the hell would I know? Gus, you got to have a little bit more faith in the Creator. <laughs> uh, no, I don't. I don't have to have any faith. I don't have to have squat. Okay, I have no. a responsibility to make sure that I'm not helping. I'm not aiding and abetting somebody who's causing harm to a kid. That's what I've got to make sure of. Right. Okay, I got to make sure I'm my heart's people would be calling you that are harming kids. Of course they would. Really Why wouldn't not. they? I've got a, I've got an answer. They they're, they're you know, they're making five, six hundred bucks a week using their kids and and uh somebody took their, their money making deal away and they know I can help them get it back. Of course they're gonna call me. Oh my God. Mm. Okay, whoa, 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 back up, back up. My mother is an attorney. She was fighting for me. She raised me very well and you know, I went to a Blue Ribbon High School. I went to college. It's not like that, okay? I don't associate with people on that level, so please. <laughs> I'm not saying you would. I'm just wouldn't be here if you weren't called. Just as was giving an example to the other man, not not about you, lady. Yeah, it's okay. not, it's got nothing. this is not personal. Before I help you out, I'm going to get a copy of uh, of your case file. Yeah, we're going to... We're going to be talking a lot before I ever move in any direction to help you out. But, uh, you know, I, I mean, I can give you some basics, and and we can start. And, you know, for me to understand uh, who you are and what you're doing and how much you know, you know, that's, that's what this is about. This is what all the questions is for. So I know okay. where you're coming from, and I understand. You know, I can tell by the language you use, the, the kind of education you might have, the, the way you view things. What you believe is right and wrong, you know, that, that all comes out during this conversation. 
And that's the purpose of the conversation is to get, you know, get a chronological order of what's going on and to get a sense of who you are to see, you know, I, 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 I give up two hours, you know, two and a half hours of my time on Wednesday night. You know, some people call, you know, some people believe in tithing to their church. I believe in tithing to, to men, okay, to, you know, to, to give back to society. Uh, you know, Carl, Carl calls me up and talks to me all the time. You know, I, I owe somebody, you know, Carl and, and other people to give back. You know, it's, it's, we're all a community. We're, we're, we're all supposed to be watching each other's back. So that's what I'm doing here on Wednesday nights. I don't commit myself to 50 or 60 hours of helping somebody else with their case because I'm not good enough to ask for, the, you know, for, for big sums of money like an attorney does. And, uh, you know, so, I, you know, I do everything for free. You know, if somebody hits my PayPal button, fantastic. I, you know, I'd totally appreciate it. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm doing this stuff for free. So before I commit myself to helping anybody, I want to know who you are, why should I help, you know, what's your understanding, what level of commitment am I going to have to put into this before I jump in both feet? Because if I commit, I'm not coming out. I'm, I'm going to be in all the way. You know, and I'll, I'm going to stay committed as long as, as you know, we're, we're working well together and so on. And I'm not making that commitment. I mean, I, you know, I, I already decided last April, you know, this past April, that I wasn't going to do any more family family stuff. And I ended up in Minnesota for two months helping somebody out. You know, it's just I don't, I don't know enough about what I'm doing. I went to Minnesota because I wanted to learn the process. I wanted to get in there. But, you know, I, I really thought the lady was a good mom. And I still do, uh, you know, and it's just it didn't work out because I wasn't I was hoping to put an end to the case before the guardian got appointed before things got rolling, and I wasn't able to figure out how to do that. So, you know, you're already you know you're already waist deep in the muck, and it's going to require a much bigger commitment. And I I don't know if I have it in me to do it. So, you know, this is uh. But <laughs> I started. How, I started putting it on. I started pulling it on the common law side. Um, the the last hearing that I went to was on September 11th, Friday, and um, that's the one I emailed you. I know you probably get hundreds of emails, but I kind of just summed up what happened. Um, and I filed my claim. Very simple claim. I can email it to you. Um, and I also filed an order uh, for the return of my property. Um, and, you know, there were some bumps there. I knew if I brought anything new to their system, the way this has been going for the past two years, um, it would cause some friction. So I was actually prepared for that um, psychologically and, you know, them threatening to arrest me for what, I don't know, but they did put me in their holding cell on the side of the court, and, I, you know, I knew it wasn't going to go peachy smooth, um, and um, did, did because, you put a notice into the? Did you put a notice into the court that you were only uh, before the court as a woman, and that you were there to speak man to man with whoever it was that was making a claim? I mean, have you have you covered the basics? Because if they're putting if they're holding you in contempt, then they're they're presuming that they have jurisdiction, and jurisdiction can only be had if there's a case. And the case can only exist if there's a controversy. And for there to be a controversy, there has to be 
another man or another woman. If you're if you're a man in court, there has to be another man. Otherwise, there's no controversy. There's no case. There's no jurisdiction. There can be no contempt because there is no court to be in contempt of. So right. you got to hit okay. the you got to hit the basics. So did okay. you do any notices like that? Yes, um, we I did file that with the claim, and my first words to the man acting is uh, this man's name was Daniel acting as judge um, were that I was a woman and uh, that he was a man before everyone anyone else spoke um, I knew I had to jump ahead of any other conversation anyone any of the other lawyers were going to have um, in order to make any kind of dent in this situation and so um I did. I had notes. Carl, I spoke to Carl. He gave me um, a number for a friend of his in Virginia because he wasn't able to come to the hearing. And um, so I, I spoke with her and she helped me out immensely on um, getting ready for that hearing and how to handle it and so forth. You know, I, I was literally shaking, like vibrating, but um, I did go through it and um as soon as I started speaking, you know, he, uh, the man, Daniel, um, looked around to see if anyone was going to make a claim to my property, which is what I asked, is anyone here to make a claim that they have the right to administrate my property? And no one said anything. And um, so I said it again, no one said anything. So I said I'd require restoration immediately. Um, and uh, that's when he tried to, you know, sweet talk me, whatever, and get me like back in his jurisdiction. Like you've been so respectful during this whole case. I can't believe you're you're speaking like this. Are you feeling okay? You you've been, you know, very um, honorable, and uh, this entire time we've been helping you try to, you know, give you yeah. your kids back. And, and I said, and that's when you said, and that's when you said, Daniel, uh, thank you for noticing. Are you making a claim? <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> see that? Do you see that kind of? Um, I need to get to that level. That's I don't. I need to be able to think like that. Because I mean, when you're in front well, of there and man, there's only one thing you need to know. Somebody better be in that courtroom pointing their finger at you, saying, "You owe me eight thousand dollars. You owe me fourteen basketballs. You owe me a green John Deere. You owe me something. You know, because you did something wrong." And if that's not happening, whoever opens their mouth in that in that court better be so better be the man or the woman that is there creating the controversy. Because if there is no controversy, there is no case. There is nothing. There's not. It does, there's no nobody there. Everybody's everybody who's there is is an actor. They, they've got their script. They've got their thing. And you're not going to participate until there's a man. That, that makes a claim. That's it. So if it, whoever speaks, the only thing you want to know is who's making the claim. Are you the man making the claim? That's it. There's nothing else to know. You know I used to know the UCC stuff. I used to know. You know I don't even know what I used to know. You know you, when I met Carl, we were driving back from Canada, and I remember we were, you know, we were you know, within maybe a half hour of the Canadian border. I forget which side we were on. But uh, – I don't even think they had made it to the border yet. And, you know, I was just overwhelmed with how much stuff I was going to have to forget. 
Uh, it was just amazing. And when I got arrested back in May and I went through the stuff I went through, uh, that's when it hit me that I had forgotten that stuff because none of the stuff that I used to think about was coming to the forefront of my thoughts. You know, there, there was nothing coming up. You know, the only thing that was being served up by my subconscious was, you know, I, I, I got arrested. I was, sit, I was sleeping on a concrete bunk with my head on a roll of toilet paper thinking, I'm going to see a judge. I'm going to make damn sure I'm going to see a judge in the next five or six hours. I'm going to you know, do whatever I have to. But then, then you know, once they told me I was going to see a judge, uh, scared the crap out of me because I, I had 27 things that I thought I should talk about. And then I had 14. And then I had 12. And then I had five. I knew I was only going to have one minute. You know, I've got to be really, really focused. And that's when everything came down and I realized there better be a man in that courtroom. You know, and, and I was talking to uh, John last night, a, a guy in Minnesota, about this. You know, uh, Brian Bonner. Carl used to say, Brian Bonner, the guy from Indiana, is the poster child of common law. He doesn't know all the complicated crap. I mean, the, the guy drives around on a moped and does handy, handyman work. You know, he goes door to door looking to pick somebody's faucet, looking to fix, you know, whatever. For all I know, he's got all his tools with him under the seat of the moped. So hmm. here's this guy who doesn't know uh, anything because he's, you know, he, he's got his own world. He lives in his little bubble, and that's it. And he wants to be let alone, and that's all he wants to know. So, you know, he goes to court, and... You know, he wants to know who's making a claim. Who's the man that's trying to move this case? That's all he wants to know. He's not interested in anything else. Everybody else, you know, on this call, you know, we all watched Perry Mason. And we were all programmed that when the judge says this, you say that. When the judge says jump, you say how high. When the judge, when the judge says what's your name, uh, you know, you, you tell him your name. You know, you don't say why. Who's asking? You know? You, who are you? Who are you to me? You know, because if you're my niece, then I'm Uncle Gus. You know, my name is different. Depends who you are. So, you know, we're not taught that stuff. We're taught we're very programmed. And, you know, you, you, were you listening earlier when I was talking about the uh, the, the Declaration of Independence? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's it. You know, the, 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 the government... You know, their, their claim, their, their thoughts, their purpose for existence is to secure rights, protect property, to ensure justice, domestic tranquility. I mean, this is what they claim. So on whose behalf are they acting? They're acting on the behalf of a man. They're looking to secure the rights of a man, protect the property of a man. So if you're in court, there better be another man on the other side whose rights they're protecting or whose property they're protecting, you know, rights they're securing. So who's the man? Who, who, on whose behalf are you acting? Because if there's no other man, there's no reason for me to be here. Give me back my stuff. And that's it. You know, there's, whenever you're in court, that's what it comes down to. Who, you know, who says that I've done wrong? Who says that I have a debt? Who says that I have whatever? Yeah, I don't care who says anything. Just say it under oath, before God and man, from that spot right there in front of me, point your finger at me because I have the right to answer for myself to whatever I'm accused of. That's God's, you know, that's God's law. Now, if you guys want to read about that, read uh, the book of Acts from like chapter 23 to chapter 26. 
you, you'll get all the meat right there, you know, kind of compressed in that one little section. But, you know, that's what it comes down to. I'm a man. I have a right to answer for myself. I have the right to meet the plaintiff face-to-face. Who is it? Who's making a claim? So you were in court. You were doing this, and then Daniel started talking to you about you've been so polite, and, you know, why don't you jump back on our side of the fence, you know, because, you know, look, we've got a brand-new, you know, volleyball that we can play with. You know, <laughs> you know, don't you want to play, you know, on our side of the fence? Mm-hmm. And I remember, no, that's okay. That's great. And I appreciate that. I'm taking notes, like as you're writing, talking, I'm writing. Um, But, you know, even in Carl's videos, he talks about that. He says, um, the judge is going to try to, you know, you know, hold your hand and, and swing, sing songs with you to try to distract you. And so I was, I remembered that. And I said, you know, I've got to, I've got to really focus here, no matter what they say. Um, and then when he was talking, he, um, his friends in Virginia, um, she helped me out so much. She said the same thing. You know, no matter what he says, you just stick to your claim um, and and hold your court. So I tried as best I could. Um, I really didn't expect to, you know, be um, in a holding cell twice, but. Um, you know, if that's if that's that's what has to happen. Um, but but now, after that, I you know, he entered orders in their case. He didn't make any decision. He just sort of rescheduled the whole hearing again till November. He didn't grant anything. He didn't deny anything. He just you know, re rescheduled everything to be heard again in November. And so, I mean, I kind of feel like. I need to file that I did ask in open court for any claims. No one presented any claims. I required my property to be returned to me. And the man who is our public servant did not follow his duties as a public servant. Is that the right way to go? Uh, no, you, you, you know you require your property to be you know restored because there's no man. You're you're you know you're you're a man. You're a woman. You're uh, you have the right to face your accuser. You know whoever's making a claim. No no one came forward to make a claim, and you require your property re- restored immediately. That's it. If you if you're gonna say. Um, And you can say, I believe no man made a claim. I believe this. I believe that. Or or you can, you know, take it one step further and say, you know, that that they did not show up. But, uh, you know, you can write to to Daniel and and inquire of Daniel as the man sitting as judge on that case, uh, why, you know, under what authority do you continue to, to uh, to withhold my property from me? There's nobody making a claim, so you can you can ask you, you can you can inquire or you can require him to let you know the the point of law he relies on for withholding your property for denying you access to, to your property. Now, and you can make it long, you can make it short, 
You know, you, you, it, the, the long version is Daniel, I believe, that government exists to secure the rights of man uh, and to protect the property of man, and you are denying me access to property at this time, and I wish to uh, know the point of law you rely on for doing so. What is the point of point in law? The, the, you know, the, yeah, the, the, point, the point of law. You know, the statute, the code. You know, what are you relying on? What, under what authority are you withholding my property? Okay. But, you know, you just ask him, ask him a couple of questions, you know, in separate letters. One letter is you want to know what the point of law is for denying you access to your property at this time. Uh, put another notice in that says, you know, what you believe. I believe no man came forward to make a claim uh, regarding, you know, regarding, uh, regarding this property, you know, see exhibit A and B, and uh, you require the property restored. So you, you can do different things. I, I, I think a lot better when I write. So it, for me to just wing it uh, verbally, you know, don't rely on the words I'm giving you. you know, I'm not there yet. I'm still, I'm still much, much better on paper. Okay. Okay. So there was one video that Carl talked about, and I think you were on there, that, that show as well, um, talking about the notice of error. Is that kind of yep. the same thing? Okay. Do you know what the difference is between an error and a mistake? Yes, um, you talked about that earlier. Um, you said error was systemic. Yeah, an error is a systemic thing. It's something that occurs over and over and over again. A mistake is something where you realize you did something wrong and you're going to correct it, and you're probably not going to make the same mistake again because you you realized that there was you know, a mistake. So you're going to correct it. But an error is something that just keeps repeating, you know, because it's in the programming of the computer or whatever. That's an error. That's a, you know, okay. and an error is systemic. So you, it depends what you're talking about, but uh, usually it's you know it's a mistake, you know, or it's, it could be an inadvertent error. Uh, I don't know. You know, like I said, you know, the stuff becomes a lot clearer to me when I start writing. Mhm. Yeah, because I think the judge is in error. Daniel's Daniel? in error. Mhm. Yes. Well, Daniel would be making a mistake. The judge would be making an error because okay. the, you know, the 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 judge is a is a person who's got obligations and duties created by the legislature, and uh, if he's doing something outside of that, then he's making an error. It's a, it's it's a you know he's he's not going according to the system. There's an error in the system. Daniel would be making a mistake. In not returning my property. Oh, uh, he, he might be making a mistake in the way he interpreted the information. You know, who knows? Um, okay. Yeah, but yeah, that's why you want to ask. You want to ask him some questions. Find out okay. why, you know, what's, what's the, you know, what are your findings and facts and conclusions of law? For the determination that you you did make on September 11th, 
You know, and, and you want to stay away from ING and ED from the past tense and the future tense. You want to speak in the present in the present at all times. You know, and make sure your make sure your letter is is handmade. It's man made. It's done by the hand of man. You don't want to be typing this stuff out. Yeah, I I wanted to ask about that because um, the lady that's what she recommended I do, and I it was handwritten when I filed it. But I've been dealing with this case for two years, you know, under the advice of so many attorneys. I'm just used to, you know, typing the motions and comes now and all of that. And I just, how, can you just tell me a little bit of history on, on the um, importance of the handwritten in blue ink? Well, the, the, the blue ink is, uh, you know, the, way, the reason I, I use blue ink is because when you photocopy it, it looks choppy. You can tell it's a copy. Yeah, so that, okay. I mean that's one of the reasons I use it. I use purple actually. Uh, oh, cool. you, yeah. Well, uh, they have Planet Fitness. Planet Fitness has purple pens, and so I like using the purple because it really looks choppy when you when you make a photocopy of it. So when you put you know I, when you take a sharpie, your red sharpie, and you write copy on the front of the copy, you can really tell it's a copy because it's all choppy. The the, the writing is, is choppy. You can still read it, but I hold on to the original. So uh, that's the reason I use a colored ink, you know, and, and and that same thing will happen with you know with green or red. So it's not necessarily the blue, but the the reason you want to write by hand is because that is evidence of a man being present in the court. And if you're going to write something and it doesn't fit on on one page, I write kind of big. When I write, my my writing is not tiny. I write, you know, very big, and the stuff that I write still only takes up half a page. Yeah. So the, if you're writing more than a half a page, if you're if, if you're thinking I you know I, I don't want to write all of this, well, probably writing you're probably putting too much. You know, you're probably doing way too much if if you you should be writing one or two sentences, three sentences. Uh, hi Daniel. Hope you had a great weekend. Uh, I just got your letter, you know, your your decision in, and I wish to know the conclusions of fact, uh, the, the findings of fact, and conclusions of law for uh, for your determination to continue to deny me access to my to, to property. That's it. That, that's the whole thing. Yeah. So I'm, it's not going to take very much space on the paper. And if you keep all, you know, if you keep your notices and everything else real short like that, you know, the, the, you might put in ten different notices, but they're all going to be, you know, a third of a page. It's all going to be. It doesn't matter how big you write; you're not going to run out of room. Okay. Okay, and I just had um. Two two more questions. Um, you know, when I began this, I originally filed in the circuit court that Daniel's court, and that's not the court, a uh, the, the courthouse where Daniel works. Yes, the courthouse where Daniel works. 
Mm-hmm. And what did you and file there? My claim for my property. Um, you filed a claim against another man? Yes. The two women that went to the Caribbean to and stole my property. Okay. They were acting on an order from some court, I imagine. Yes. Somebody must have gotten some kind of an emergency you know, order. Um, but you know, they went and picked up the, you know, the boys and brought them back and delivered them like a bounty hunter. You know, they, they, they just went and got, you know, got the job done. Uh, the, who, what, what claim do you have against those two, and how do you plan on pursuing that? The the claim that I filed was that they were the the wrongdoers. They were the two that actually um, stole the. They physically took possession. Yes, they physically took possession of my property and then gave my property to someone else. Okay. Under whose authority were they acting? I'm not saying you're wrong. It's just here's the problem, okay? Even though these two women did something wrong, okay? Hitler said it's okay to kill people, and they did it, and they're held accountable. Uh, you know, that doesn't mean more people aren't going to die. You've got to get to Hitler, and you've got you to stop the, 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 you know, the little Nazi from doing any more damage. So even though it's, it's, it's okay to, uh, to hold these two women accountable for, for the part that they played, there's there's a bigger picture, and they are not in possession of of the boys today. So it's a lot. It's just a lot more work, which may result in nothing except you holding them accountable to some kind of uh, you know to, to provide some kind of compensation for their involvement in the case or in the you know in whatever's going on. Uh, not not for their involvement in the case, but for you know what they actually did to you, you know the actual loss that you incurred. Uh, however, that you know that that might not do you a whole lot of good. It might just give you a whole lot of work to do with very little result. Who else did you make a claim against? Well. The CEO or the director, Elizabeth, the director of social services. Okay. How about how about Daniel? Is is she the one that's making the decision to deny you access to your property? Yes. And and, and the director is uh, is the one that's moving the case. So yeah, you know, they they're they're both doing it in different ways. They're they're, they're acting in collusion to deny you access to property. Okay. Do you recommend that uh, I go after their their bond, their oath of office? 
No, absolutely not. Um, okay. You know, they they have an oath of office, which means that they can be held accountable uh, for certain things as as a person. Uh, yeah, uh, I don't know. Actually, I'd have to give some thought to the oath of office, and and if it's um, if it's between because the oath of office derives from the Constitution, which is the contract between man and government. So it might be an oath of office uh, to hold them accountable to men. Yeah, actually, it might be. I'd have to look into that and give that some more thought. But the, the two women that went down to the Caribbean, uh, personally, mm-hmm. I wouldn't waste my time. You know, you're just going to give yourself a whole lot more work. And, you know, it, it would be good practice if, if you really wanted to go there. But um, I, I think you've got you know, plenty to, to work on and plenty to figure out. So other than Daniel and other than uh, the woman acting on behalf of the uh, the, the, the boys, uh, who else? Who else would be? Uh, who else is causing you uh, harm? Who else is causing you loss? The guardian at Lightum. What's her name? Devonshi Pravin Patel. Devonshi oh Pravin. <laughs> right. We'll call her Divi. <laughs> okay. Right. So Divi, Divi's causing you, you know, some kind of stress and headache and misery, and she's she, she's acting, you know, in, in a manner that's causing you harm. Um, mental anguish is harm. Now, if I cut off your finger, that's injury to your person. Your person being your property. So, you know, and and that would also cause mental anguish. So knowing the difference between harm and injury and, and loss and the accrual of of a loss, um, you know, all things that that you need to make sure you're clear on before you go writing any kind of you know claim. Okay. So you've got my email. Um, you know, for anybody listening to this, this recording, I've got a website. Uh, where you can find all that stuff, the talk shoes, the various talk shoes, Carl's archives, and so on. And that's at uh, NewHampshireRedress.org. And Carl's website is BroadMind.org. And uh, there's links all over the uh, all over the place. Carl's paperwork is on his website under the Documents tab. And uh, the archives of Carl's recordings are on my website under Carl's archives. Carl's uh, early early talk shoes, I think. I forget what the name of the, the tab is. But it's got the uh, the talk shoes by chronological order according to the talk shoe order, the, the talk shoe number that was assigned to the call. So there's calls from Angela's talk shoe, Carl's talk shoe, uh, a friend of mine, Dino, uh, he was on there a couple years, uh, couple years ago. That one call is on there. Um, that was a really good one. He was on with uh, a guy that I Talk, I used to talk with Ben from uh, Ben from uh, California. So the, the the website's really there to get you started, get you connected. Uh, so my my emails on there. We have Skype groups. I don't know if you're familiar with those, where you can just talk to other people and get some ideas. And uh, like I said, I I pretty much only make myself available on on Wednesdays uh, at this time. But the website will put you in touch with a lot of other people. 
Hey, Gus, man, you're a good guy. And I'm glad you stay in touch with Carl and, you know, keep us updated with Carl and what's going on there. I mean, I want to travel the country with you guys. Um, This woman, you know, she needs to know how to feel in her stomach. You know, when somebody messes with your kids or your wife or your, you know, when they actually come into your private little universe or whatever you want to call it, yeah, they're coming to your domestic. Yeah, they're 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 encroaching in your domestic authority. They're, they're yeah, you can out. feel it in your stomach. You know, it, it like hurts. Yeah, you can and, feel it. Sure. And you just then you know. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, that's. Uh, do you have Do you have any more questions? Um, Is that you still on? Um, yeah, I'm still here. Just so mainly. So you got to Hold on. It, mean, yeah, she, she let me just right. say one thing right. to this woman. Please, uh, when you feel something in your stomach, um, then you know you have been done wrong, and then you have the full force of the universe behind you, and um, <clears throat> it comes. I'm sure you've heard Carl say this. Hey, hey, Bob, she's got to figure that out, man. She's got to listen to, you know, when it comes to self-help or or other things like that, she's going to run across that stuff. She's going to have to study it. She's going to have to feel it. You're right, but we've got to just let her do her own walking. So you've got, Terry, you've got my email, and uh, go ahead and send me another email. Yeah, there was, uh, I think somebody else got a hold of me on your behalf last week and was trying to, you know, put me on some guilt trip that, uh, you know, aren't you going to help this woman out? You know, I thought you and Carl, you know, were, you know, cared about kids and stuff. And and, uh, I basically, yeah, somebody got a hold of me. I don't know if it was for you or somebody else, but, you know, my daughter turned 26 on Saturday. I haven't heard her voice since 2002. So, you know, don't put me on no guilt trip. Whoever that was, whoever sent me that email, you know, don't don't put me on no guilt trip that you know Carl didn't see his kids for years. So you know we've got our own lives to live. So you know we help yeah. out where we can, and and we take time out of our lives to try to help people out, educate people as much as I can. You know, with with the knowledge I've got so far. But uh, you know, yeah, you know, I'll help you out. You know, you know, with the basic stuff. But you know, the the what I is go to Carl's archives, listen to the stuff, and, you know, it's not about the technical details. You're going to get those because he's going to repeat them over and over again. The thing that makes it difficult to hear is is uh, all the other stories. Okay, you, you want information on your on foreclosures because that, that's what you're dealing with, and, and you're, you know, you're trying to fast forward to the part where you get all the technical stuff on the foreclosures. And meanwhile, Carl's covering all these other things, and it's the attitude that comes out when you're dealing with families and when you're dealing with foreclosures, when you're dealing with traffic tickets, when you're dealing with whatever you're dealing with, okay? And, and then the calls, what's important is to uh, – you become like the five people you hang out with most, okay? That's who you become like. 
and you hang out with Carl on the audios, and you just you learn the attitude, you learn the the, um, the focus that he has, and how to how to perceive things, how to view things, how to dance to the music that they're playing in the legal system. Okay, you're going to learn that not by paying attention only to the specifics of what you're looking for. You know, for instance, Terry, you're looking for things with family law. When Carl's mm-hmm. talking about foreclosures on on his calls, on his archives, don't fast forward. Listen to all that because it, it's all the same thing. It's all the same. There's nothing different. You're a man. You're a woman. You have a right to your property. You have a right to uh, to be let alone. You know, there is nothing different about uh, a foreclosure and a, and a traffic ticket and a, and, and a property dispute over your, your kids. You know, it's all the same stuff. You're you know, at all times, you're a man, and at all times, you know, whoever it is that's in court with you, uh, you know, the, the, the man acting as judge, the, the woman acting as prosecutor. Looks like God's got disconnected. So he'll be back. Anybody else hear me? Yeah, I can still hear you. I thought the call might have ended. So God's is coming back. He's almost here. Hold your horses. Here he is. Yeah, I'm back. Sorry. I don't know what I did. I. I must have hit the phone. Uh, yeah, when you, hey, I, just, I just think something that that lady uh, her story. If uh, in November or stuff, so, please come back and at least tell us what happened. Um, we're really curious, you know, in the future what happened there. Yeah, please come back. Absolutely, it's great to have people come back. Hey, we've been on for two hours. Uh, Terry, you've got my email. Just stay in touch, and I'll do what I can to help you out. Uh, is there is there anybody else that's got something that they really want to talk about before uh before we wrap up this call? Yeah, Gus. Hello. Hello. Yeah, this is Mark from Pennsylvania. Hey Mark. How you doing, Gus? I wrote you earlier in the week about a chapter thirteen. You did? Yeah, small email. You shot back real quick. I did? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it was I think it was Wednesday. Or no, I think it was uh Monday, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, give me some. Give, what, what was in the email? I just wrote you. I said my wife and I had uh, filed a chapter 13. Unfortunately, we used their system, and I just want to learn how to take control of it myself and deal with the creditors. Okay. Yeah. Send me another email. I don't. I don't know. Well, it was just okay, a real so short. You... I mean, that's all it was. Was it was just real short about about the situation. That's it. Okay, so I was what just wondering I what you? ways I could go, you know. So what did I tell you in the email? You said there's a lot. You said there's nothing unfortunate about a chapter thirteen. There's a lot you can do. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. That's not yeah. Chapter thirteen is um, yeah. Anything to do with bankruptcy court? There's a B ten form, and uh, and I'm pretty sure it applies throughout the various chapters of, of bankruptcy, and uh, it's a form. Yeah, and I'd have to go look at it again. I haven't seen the thing in two or three years. 
but uh, it, it's a form where uh, you're, you're, you require the creditors or whoever claims to be a creditor to uh, put in some kind of a statement of fact regarding the debt to verify it uh, you know, before the court. So if you, if you did a Chapter 13, and even if it's already you know, been, been finalized, uh, you know, if you've got debt in there, that, and I'm pretty sure you can reopen it. I'm not positive, but uh, you know, look at the B10 form and, and you, you know, how to use that. Think about how to use that to force the creditors to verify their debt, the debt that they're claiming. Yeah, I mean, I, I got no problem paying the debt. I got, I mean, that's what I want to do. That's why I went 13. Obviously, I wanted, I wanted to secure my, the well, assets yeah, and you, debt. You don't, you don't want to give them a hundred dollars a week for the next, you know, 80 weeks when all you owe is 700 bucks. Well, that's the thing. I all, all told, I think my arrears all together are like 7,500 bucks. I'm halfway through it, and I already paid back 65 or 66. So I'm thinking yeah, to myself, so, man, I'm going to pay back double here. You know, is there a way I can get control myself here and and, and bargain oh, with the creditors and cut out the trustee? Well, the, the trustee's there to act on your behalf. He's there to make sure that everything gets done right. So, you know, write to the trustee and and let him know that you require the creditors to fill out a, a B10 form, and you know because you want you want the debt to be verified in, in court. And and uh, you know when the paperwork comes in, look at the numbers. If they look right. Pay the bill. If they don't look right, then challenge the uh, the amount. Okay. All right. All right. So that's one way to keep it honest. Then you're gonna make it's sure just, you're only you, paying back what it is you owe. Yeah, that's all. That's you know when it comes down to debt, that's you know you, you remain in honor, in good faith, with clean hands, and and you act accordingly. And, and you know one way to do that is to say, look, you know, I, I require you to verify the debt. I don't want to pay you an extra, you know. Ten thousand dollars, and I don't want to rip you off. I just, I just want to know that we, you know, we both see eye to eye, and that the numbers are correct, and that's it. You know, and, and I think in bankruptcy, that's what the B10 form is used for, is, is to make sure that everything is on the up and up. See, unfortunately, I went through an attorney and everything else. I mean, I understand it I got to pay it her. Doesn't, it doesn't matter. You, you can, you can still write to the, uh, you, you know, if the, is the case over? Is it? How long has it been done? Uh, it's about a year and a half in. It's a three three years, and we're about a year and a half through. Okay. Uh, so the the, the uh, trustee has already been uh, released by the judge, right? Because the case is over. So that, you know, it's one of the things they do is they just let you know let the trustee go. He, he's okay. he's released from from doing any work in the court, uh, in the court on that case. Your attorney's not going to be involved in anything, and. So, you know, in order to restart the case, you're going to have to write to somebody. I'm not sure if you would want to talk to your attorney or the trustee. I would think you'd want to talk to the trustee. And uh, so I would write to the trustee and say, you know, I'm, I'm, you know uh, I didn't realize I could, I could have the debt verified in court, and I wish to do so now. What's the process that I, that you, you know, what, what do you need from me in order to, to, you know, do this thing that you want to get done. You know, so put the words like, together. Looks like the case is still open if the if the if he's on a payment schedule. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, but the uh, the trustees, you know, once everything's set, the, the trustees not bound to the case anymore. 
Now you say shut, Gus. Do you mean, in other words, once the, everything's set up and the payment plan is going on as scheduled? Yeah, I mean they, they might be. I, I don't know. I'm not that familiar, you know, with the with the whole process. But I do know that the the, the B10 form, at least the way I understood it, you know, two or three years ago, uh, the purpose of it was like a you know a financial statement. It was, it was a statement of fact from the creditors claiming uh, that you owed a debt. And it was, you know, it, basically it's an affidavit. Uh, you know, I, like I said, I haven't read the thing in two or three years. So I don't even remember what's on there. But, uh, but oh, you you're, just, you're basically there. just holding them to the exact figures they're asking you for, in other words. And you you're, you're remaining in honor because you know you have a debt and you want to pay it anyway. You just but, don't uh, want it want, inflated and you don't want all kind of fees and crap on it. You want, well, you want proof of what the debt is and, and you know, that is it, is it, is it all fees? Is it all late fees? Is it all uh, penalties? You know, what is it? What, what does the debt consist of? And and what's the actual numbers? And, you know, whatever. I mean, but you got to start someplace. And, yep. and verifying the debt is, is, you know, so if you're already in bankruptcy, learn what you can from the process. After you get done with that process, then, you know, then you can move on to the, to the next thing. You, you know, you, you're making payments every month? Yep. Yep. You know, keep doing that, stay in honor, and, and, and just, uh, you know, just, just get it back, you know, get it opened up again if you can, and right. require them require them to verify the remainder of the debt. Looks like the B-10 form is a proof of claim form. I'll post it on the chat. All right. Gus, I got one, one other issue I wanted to ask about. I had a... A situation with a man, a carpenter, I entered into a deal with him. Uh, we had it in writing, a $15,000 deal. Gave him 5000 to start, did about $800 worth of work. I just want my 4200 bucks back. I want to file a claim against the man. Okay. And I don't know where to start. That's basically what I'm saying. I kind of, I, I mean, I have a decent perspective. I just don't know the steps. Well, you, you start by writing the man a letter, you know, handwritten, in the hand of men, saying, Bob... I you know, on on April 10th we agreed that I would give you $5,000 to fix my porch. You showed up 3 days with two guys and you did roughly $800 worth of work. I want the rest of my money back. Yeah, you know, I'll see what you get for a response. Now is that going to be certified? I need notarized or anything like that? No, just send them a letter. Say, "Hey Bob, you know, I hope you had a nice weekend." Uh yeah, you know, I don't. Maybe you forgot about me, but uh, you know, my porch still needs to be done. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how you're going to approach it. But, no, no, I know. Know, I know exactly what I'm going to say. Short and sweet. Yeah, I yeah. just want to be. Just want to be honest. That's all. I'm not looking to okay, destroy so, anybody. I just want my money. So, so you're going to send him a letter, and he's either going to be a man of honor, and you know, which it appears he's not. But you know, he's either going to respond and say, you know, go pound sand. Or uh, I did five thousand dollars worth of work, or, or whatever. He's going to give you some kind of response, or he's going to respond by not responding. And if that's the case, then you're going to send him another letter ten days later, and uh, or five days. You know, give him ten days. You got to give him, you know, give him a chance to have the stuff go back and forth, and say, hey, Bob, I sent you a letter last week. I haven't heard from you yet. Um, just following up. Here's a copy of the letter I sent you. I hope to hear from you soon. So that would be letter number two. Letter number three, uh, you, you might send and say, you know, send that one registered mail so that 
while registering. Again, ten days time. again, same thing. Ten days again. Yeah, yeah, ten days. The problem with you know with registered mail and certified mail is you know they got to sign for it. So I wouldn't waste my money. I'd, I'd send one letter, send two letters, and if he doesn't respond uh, to to the first two, then I'd have a process server give him notice. You know, on the third one. Yeah, the third one. So, you know, Bob, I've written to you, you know, twice. You haven't answered any of them. Uh, you know, you, you leave me no choice but to, you know, to have you serve, you know, and to put more money into something that should have been resolved privately. Uh, you know, but, you know, eventually you're going to have to have him served if he's not answering. If he's answering you, then it's a whole lot easier to do. And include the, include the copies of the other letters that you had already sent. Yeah, always and include then on, the copies. And then on the third I, time, if I don't still don't get a response from them, then can I bring it into the I can bring it my court into the public house? Well, you can do that now, but you know the, what you want to do is you want to have these really really simple letters that show that you are a man of honor, acting in good faith with clean hands to resolve a matter, uh, you know, outside of court. You don't want to bring this out into the public, and so you're going to write these letters. And if you have to go to court and you end up before a jury, then you're going to show the jury these letters. You're going to say, look, this is, you know, I tried to resolve this privately. You know, I'm, I'm not an asshole. And, and, and that's the purpose of writing these letters is to show that you're, you know, you're acting in good faith, that you just you're want to resolve to work with something. Your you're trying to work with your brother. You're trying to take care of it privately. And, you know, he didn't want to do it, and so you were forced to bring it into the public. Excuse me, Gus. Yeah. Oh, hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Is this Janine? Yeah, it's Janine, Gus. Yes, it is. Um, I just, just quickly, um, I did send the man, um, the man regarding my situation down the road. I did send him a third letter, and I sent yeah. it by registered post, which he had to sign for. He signed it on the 11th, which showed he did actually receive it on the 11th, and he sent me a letter on the 14th stating he had not received it. Or any 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 response um, about um, setting, settling out of court, and um, you know, or anything. He just says that he hasn't heard from me. Well, that's pretty funny. <laughs> it, isn't it? It is, and I actually, I actually, you know, I I, I had the tracking on it, and it actually said that he actually uh, received it, so he had to sign for it to get it. So he's definitely got it, and then he obviously well, he's, he's but, fine but about he's it. Saying, He's saying he didn't get it, so let's 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 just give him the benefit of the doubt, and let's let's say his wife got it and doesn't want him to pay you the money, even though he's he's a man of honor. His wife might not be, and so mm -hmm. she she saw the letter, she read it, and she threw it in the garbage, and so and then she spent the next two days nagging him, saying you really should write to that lady and let her know you haven't heard nothing from her. Yeah, so you, you you don't really know what's going on at the house over there. So he wrote to you. He says he hasn't heard from you. So just, uh, you know, believe him and write him back and say, well, here's a copy of the letter I, you know, I sent to you two weeks ago. Uh, you know, I, I thought you would have gotten it by now. And here it is. You know, and it's, you know, but, you know, until you have a man served through the process service, you know, whether it's a sheriff or a private service, you, know, you don't know that the man actually got it in his hand. Well, he would have had to sign for it. 
and it, what it was somebody actually else, somebody else could, somebody could have gone up to the house and said, "I need to, you know I need you to sign for this," and uh, you know the, people sign for other people's stuff all the time. You, you don't oh, okay. know. You, you just don't know. His son could have signed for it. His wife could have signed for it. His brother might have signed for it. You know, he might have signed for it, put it on the dashboard of his pickup truck, and forgot to give it to the guy. Yeah, or, or he he might have, the dog might have ate it. You know, his brother might have signed for it, and uh, or or what if the guy signed for it, put it on the you know in this pickup truck, and the dog ate the thing, and now he's like, well. You know, I don't even know what that thing said. It's chew, it's all chewed up. You know, I'll, I'll just write to her and say I haven't heard nothing, and so so just write back. Who knows? Yeah, you know, who knows what what's really going on? Just just go with the flow. Mm-hmm. So regardless, you just want to presume he's an honor. Of course. Right. Right. Okay. Wouldn't you wouldn't you want to you know wouldn't you want people to presume that you were an honor? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So then what would be the next step after the third letter, if, after it's, it's, it's obvious he got it and there was no response? Well, what I'll do is I'll actually, I'll, I'll, send it, I'll, I'll, I'll resend it again along with, the, um, along with the proof that it was signed for. Okay, and the copies of the previous letters, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, yeah and you can do that. You say, hey, Bob, I don't know who signed for your letter, but I did send you something. Here's another copy. Uh, look forward to hearing from you. Well, then my my question is: after that, I mean, if there's if if it's not resolved, then how do you bring it into the common law court to get it enforced? In other words, in the public. Oh, Bob. Well, in in Janine's case, okay, there was some dogs that get into a fight, and and this man's dogs caused uh, damage to her dog, and so she's looking to split the vet bill with this man. And he's agreed that he's going to go halves with her. So, you know, this should be pretty easy to resolve. And based on the fact that he's already agreed to pay half the bill, I'm going to assume that one of the dogs ate the letter. He never got to see it. Or, or, you know, who knows? Well, actually, um, from my understanding, Gus, his dogs did the damage. My dogs, my property did not cause him nearly $200 worth of damage at all. No, no, I understand, but uh, from what you told me last week, the yeah. uh, you sent him a letter uh, yeah. asking for for him to cover half the expenses, and he agreed. Oh uh, no, no, I sent him saying that this is the amount that your your dogs caused my property. This is the damage. This is the amount, and he said, "Well, you're also at fault. You pay half." So he agreed to pay half. Yeah, he wa- he wants to pay half. No, I don't, no, I don't, no. I, I don't think that's fair. Hold on. That's not quite what happened. You sent him a vet bill and yes. told him his property caused damage to your property, and here's the bill. Yes. And then he just said, I will meet you halfway, which does that's not right. mean that your dogs did damage to his, and it doesn't mean that he's going to pay half the bill. That's correct. You left yes. it very vague and open, and you're just jumping back into your presumption pants. We already went through this. He never Sorry, at Mark, any yes. time agreed. Right. He never at any time agreed to pay half of the vet bill, and he That's never right. at any time said that your dogs caused his dogs damage. You got to be very careful. You're just presuming stuff. Why are we okay. talking about this again? 
Well, why not? Well, I'm the way I'm in, in a nutshell. We were in the middle of talking to Mark. Hold on. Let, let Mike talk here. The, the way I see it, in a nutshell, what happened was this guy's dogs got out of his out of his fence, came to Janine's property, and caused damage to her dog. And she had to take her dog to the vet. She got a bill. There was witnesses that her dogs came and attacked her dog. He admitted that there was an incident involving his dogs. He said he's willing to meet her halfway. Who knows? To me, that kind of sounds like he's acknowledging there is a debt. So to me, it's just a matter of an unpaid bill. He can't deny the fact that his dogs did anything because there's witnesses. He can't dispute the bill because they're going to what call the vet a liar. So I don't well, think he's actually right. he's actually trying to say that it was my dogs that could have done my own dog damage. It, it, it doesn't hold on. It, none of this is relevant if the man has mm-hmm. agreed to meet you halfway. If you sent him a bill and he says I'll meet you halfway, then uh, you know I would assume that he's talking about paying the bill, and I would say I would write him back. Do you want to make payments, and do you want to just give me a check? You know, you just. Go with the flow and see what happens. Now, when can I, when, you know, can I expect twenty dollars a week until this is paid? You know, what, what is it that you're, you know? Okay, so you're going to meet me halfway. When? When are you going to meet me halfway? You, know, you just follow up. Just go. Just take the next step and see what see what happens. Uh, well, the next step was look. Your dogs caused this much damage to my property. Please pay the amount. I require the amount. You're not willing to settle for half. Well, that that would mean that that would mean that my 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 dogs actually caused him nearly two hundred dollars worth of damage. If you walked by my car with a hammer in your hand and you smashed my car, why am I obligated to pay half? If your if you and your hammer did the damage to my car then you would pay the damage, not me split half. So if his dogs came and did the damage, his property, his hammer did all the damage, then he's liable for the whole thing. He might be liable for the whole thing, but what if you don't get your car fixed? What, what if you you know, what if you send your car to the junkyard the following week because it blew the motor? Hold on, let me finish. There's a $1,000 bill. You, you get a $1,000 estimate or or, well, in this case, it, it's actually the work that was done, all right? Yeah. So the, the, vet, the, vet gave, the vet gave her a bill for, you know, let's say $1,000, and he says, I'll meet you halfway because my vet would have done it for 200 bucks. So, you know, you don't know why the guy's going halfway, all right? You know, it's, you know, the, the, uh, you don't know if the, if the vet did some extra unnecessary stuff you know, gave the dog a bath while he was there, and that's an extra 80 bucks. Who knows? You know, but follow well, it up and, and just, you know, ask some questions. The vet didn't do any extra work. We know that. And he's not going to be oh, yeah. able to dispute the vet bill. But the vet bill is a, an exact dollar amount, and there's witnesses that saw the whole thing. I, I understand, Mike, but... Like, it's not that he, if if he can go to another vet and get the work done half price, that's fine for him, but I'm under no obligation to bring my dog to his vet. 
I understand I that. I wouldn't change my family doctor because somebody else can. The man, the man, the, the man is making a counter offer. You either accept it or you refuse it and let him know that no, that's that's you know that's not good enough for me. Uh, I want my I want to be made whole, not partially whole. Yeah, I mean, but you gotta you gotta take the next step. You gotta write back to the man and find out, you know how much room there is to play. I mean, you know, he's willing to go halfway. Uh, ask him, why are you not willing to pay the whole bill? Do you, do you believe that your dogs did not cause all of this damage? Do you think I beat my dog up after your dogs left and that's why the bill was so high? You know, just ask him would, some questions. I wouldn't even be giving him any opportunities to making excuses. I don't care why the robber robbed me. Here's the bill. I think just leave it so ridiculously simple. Your dog, it is your dog did okay. it. Here's how much it costs. That's fine. You know, if that's what you want to do, I would want to know why he believes he only owes half the bill. Yeah, it's a possibility because you never know. It'd be good to hear what he says because. If he gives any reason why he thinks he only deserves to pay half, he's going to be flat out admitting some kind of guilt. That's right. Well, he's already, he's already, no, he wants to only pay half a bill because as far as he's concerned, my dog, my dog was out on the street causing a disturbance. Janine, you got to make a decision as to whether you're going to accept half the bill or you're going to yep. write a letter and follow up to, to some other end. That's it. Okay. You, know, you, you just just decide which way you want to go. You're, you're either going to you know count it, count it a blessing that he's willing to pay anything at all, and that you don't have to go to court, or mm-hmm. you're going to follow up, or you're going to make you know do a combination of of uh, accepting half and following up, you know, or, or following up first and accepting half later. I mean, just just you know way 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 the cost of of uh, you know pissing him off and having to go to court and so on when the man's offering to pay you half. Yeah, I mean, at what point do you, you know, do, do, you, uh, do you keep pushing and end up with nothing? Yeah, when do you, when do you say enough's enough you know, and, and you just cut it loose and, and just, you know, go on with your life? Now, I don't know. It's a personal decision. It's not... You know, for me, I don't like dealing with people like that. I pay the bill, I walk away, screw you, you know, lesson learned. Uh, you know, your dog comes in my yard again, and, you know, I'm going to chain him up and, and call the dog pound. You know, or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. I, I handle things differently. Not everybody handles things the same way. You know, I'll, I'll put your dog in my pickup truck, and we're going to go for a ride, and I'll drop him off 500 miles away, you know give him a chance to come home or find some somebody who, who takes better care of him and, and, and you know, find find him someplace where he's not going to hurt nobody. I don't know. You know. There's so many different things you can do. But, but you got to figure that out for yourself. you got to figure out what you know what works for you and how you feel about things and do you want to cut it loose or, or do you want to pursue this? You know, do you want this to turn into the same thing that, you know, that happened with your sisters you know, where it was just a paperwork nightmare and people threatening each other?
I would I give it one more try, try to get the full payment. If not, then work on some type of counteroffer. Yeah, but that's you. You know, Janine has to figure out what works for her. All right. Uh, we're, we're two and a half hours in. Any, anybody else? I know John Don't had some stuff he wanted, he wanted to talk about. Is he still on here? I don't think Mark was finished. Can I just ask one more question, Gus? This is Mark. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead, Mark. So on the situation with my deck here, I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, of course, reach out to him uh, through letters. But worst case scenario, then how do I bring it into the common law? How do I bring my court into the public? All right, you write him a letter. You write him a second letter. You write him a third letter you know, or, or whatever. You might write him one letter, and if he doesn't respond, you have him served. I mean, I, I don't know how, how much you've already done in, in writing, but, uh, you know, the, 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 the next thing, if you want to bring him into, into a common law court, if you want to create a common law court, then you have to have a claim. You, you have an option. You can go file the claim into the court, get a case number, you know, put in the notices, get the, you know, all your notices together, and then have the man served with a summons to appear in court or, or, or a summons to answer the, uh, the claim. Or you can start the other way. You can put your claim together, your notices. Well, actually, you would only do the claim and then have him served with the claim in private and keep it out of court and give him 20 days to answer. And uh, when he doesn't answer, take your claim into court and, and say, look, I had him served. You know, this was at the stage we were at. I require a hearing to be set and for him to be to be uh, given notice. Because if you had him served, you, you know, he's obviously available someplace. And once he gets, once you get a summons from the court for him to appear, you have him served with that from the sheriff's department. So I, I, would, there's, there's, there's different ways of handling it depending on what state they're in. So if I want to try to keep it completely in the public, instead of filing my claim in the public, I just simply serve it to him, serve it on him. After serve, our correspondence. Yeah, serve, write your claim up, serve it on him, and say, look, you got 20, you got 20 21 days, whatever, you know, 23 days, whatever you want uh, to put on there. Go over and above what the state statutes are so that you're, you know, you're, you're at least not you, know, you, you appear to be compliant, okay, and, you know, and, and going with the flow. So, you know, yeah, you can have them serve and say, look, you've got 20 days to answer, you know, to, to, to get, get a hold of me and resolve this. And, you know, in that claim, you would attach exhibit A, B, C, D, which are the letters that you've already written, the contract that you had, the work that he did, you know, you, and you would break everything down into itty-bitty little segments you know, don't try to mush it all into one thing. Your claim is going to be a half a page, and, you know, see exhibits A, you know, which is this, and, you know, you're just going to lay it all out yep. you know, yeah. in, in your claim, but most of your writing is going to be done as exhibits. And you're going to have them served with that whole package, you know, with the claim and the exhibits, and then the process server is going to come back and give you, uh, you know, the, the, the claim that he served, and he's going to swear that that's what he did. He served this claim, you know, this, this paperwork on that man. And then, you know, if he doesn't answer you in 20 days, 23 days, whatever you decide to put on there, go down to the courthouse and say, you know, that's how it works in Minnesota. 
Yeah, I don't, you know, in New Hampshire, uh, you know, we, we, we go differently. We go down to the courthouse. In Vermont, you go down to the courthouse first. Yeah, so it, it depends on on where you're at and, and what they require. Personally, even if I was in New Hampshire, I would do it the way they do it in Minnesota because I think that's a much better way. Why should I pay a $300 filing fee uh, to, to get a case into the court when as soon as I, you know, as soon as I serve the man, he might say, why didn't you just get a hold of me? I would have given you the money. I didn't realize I owed you anything. So we'll always stay on a private as far as you can, in other words. You want to, you want to try would. and stay there. Yeah, I agree. That's, I agree. Okay. Yeah, you know, because then how are you going to recover the $300, from, you know, the filing fee? If yeah. you don't have that to deal with in, in the first place, because if you file and you have to have a summons served, you're going to pay for him to be served anyway. So why not yeah. just have him served with the claim to begin with? And then he has to answer your claim in public, and it'll get enforced. Well, he can answer the claim privately. His attorney might write you a letter, and, and you might, you guys might write back and forth, totally private, totally out of the public, and you know, and you might have all this stuff to bring to court later, showing how you were acting, you know, in good faith with clean hands. You can require your costs of filing and serving and all that with your claim. Well, you, okay. you, 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 write him, you write him that letter. Uh, you, know, you write him a cover letter. Bob, um, you know, please find uh, my claim and exhibits, and hopefully we can resolve this in the next 20 days privately uh, to, to save me from having to spend the money and bill you later for court costs. You, you, you can write him a cover letter. He, no, he knows what, what that is. He knows what that stuff means. He's a contractor. It's not like you're the first guy he screwed out of money. No, no. So I mean, but my, I mean, my question now is, I mean, uh, you know, what's considered reasonable on my part? You know, a guy owes me almost five grand. You know, a little over four grand. What's what's reasonable to allow him to pay me what? You know, piecemeal or he tries to do something like know. that. I mean, how how do you that's ever? That's is there any way to get the entire amount back at once? Of course there is. No, you, you tell him you want the entire amount. He writes you a check, and there you go. You're all set. But if I'm saying if he refuses, if he doesn't have it, or say, you, you know what I mean, I don't have it, you know. You you can go. You can you know. You you have him served. You create the claim. You you know he doesn't answer. You go to court. You file the case. You put in your notices. You know you you bring the case before the court. You get a judgment in your favor. Then you get a writ of possession, and you go liquidate his house. I mean, you, there's all sorts of nasty things you can do. Yeah, there's there's a lot of process to this, you know, that, that we don't cover, we don't talk about, but yeah, of course there is. You know, but you know, start with the basics and and you know, start with the letters and and, and see where it goes. Plus, you don't know you don't know what kind of assets he has or what kind of money or any of that, so that may come out later. But if he pays the whole thing, then you're all set. If yeah. you don't, then you make the decision at the time. People who uh, people who act in this manner usually have nothing to their name. They usually make sure that you know that, that they've got nothing to their name because they they go around ripping people off. You know, so they're not going to have they're going to have their car in their girlfriend's name. They're going to have the, the the company truck in, in a trust. You know, they, they they just you know they they do everything they can to to be bulletproof in court. And so you know. But there's there's ways of dealing with that. And the gotta, other thing that you may, the other thing they may want to consider is 
if you trust him, have him finish the work, whatever you contracted to do. Well, I mean, I have, I, I have the original estimate with the original writing and the $5,000 deposit on it. I have all of that signed by him. You can, you can you know, go to, uh, you can go through the statutory courts, okay? You've got a legitimate contract. You can go to the statutory courts and have them, uh, you know, enforce the contract. <clears throat> yeah, and it's, not small only, it's not the only way to go. Small claims. Well, small claims. I mean, if you if you still want the work done, uh, you know, you, you can have him. You can try to get him to do the work. Personally, I wouldn't trust somebody that I just. You know, no, nah, I don't. Could, I don't could, trust him at all because I've given him verbal chances. I've spoken with him verbally, and you know. No, but I wouldn't trust him to, him to do the work. I wouldn't no, trust I, him to, I don't. to do the work correctly. Yeah, you know, no, I, I just want the, the cash. Done. I just want the money, Gus. That's what I want. Yeah, yeah, and you, you need the work done anyway. So get the work yeah. done. Get a bill from whoever did the work and send this guy the bill. Tell him, look, this is what you owe me. You know. And then do I, I have to go through the common law process, though, to, to recoup that? Is that what I got to? I'll have to go through the I, common law process. It doesn't have to be through the common law process. You know, if he's a corporation and and he's got twenty or thirty guys working for him, you know, you can go to the Secretary of State's office and uh, well, you can get a court order uh, to to have his charter pulled. So he can't do business anymore. There is some, there's all sorts of stuff you can do. Now, I, I don't know the specifics of, of your particular situation, but you know, you, you, know, like, you know, if you were if you were dealing with a company like I used to work for, with you know 250 guys, uh, there's a whole lot more stuff you can do with that. With that, nah, this is a three guy operation. Yeah, sole proprietor LLC. Yeah, it's it's small. Yeah, I mean, I know he's got equipment. I know he's got a home. He's got stuff. So I mean, he has. He, he has assets, you know. I mean, well, he, 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 he may, he may, he may not. You know, that stuff might be in his wife's name. It might be in his girlfriend's name. He might not even live there. Now, if know. that's the case, it's, if he's that much of a shyster, I mean, is there any way to to, to get compensation? Um, <laughs> I've got a friend who's eighty-four years old who spent three years chasing a guy who logged his property. He wanted a road cut through the property, and the guy, and, and, and my buddy Al was in, uh, he, he's, a, he's a World War II vet, and he was, uh, is it World War II? Or, I don't know, he's a vet anyway, and he was cleaning out, he was in the Navy cleaning the boiler rooms and, and got full of asbestos, and okay. uh, so he was in the hospital when this guy was doing the work, and the guy probably thought he was going to die, so he's going to strip every piece of wood from the property. Well, Al didn't die. You know, he's, he's still kicking. And uh, he pursued this guy for three years, and he was able to, to uh, get like a $20,000 upfront payment because uh, the court required the guy to pay that much to stay out of jail. And the guy miraculously came up with it, but Al's pretty <laughs> much convinced he's never going to see the rest of it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, who knows? You know, it's just, I don't know. I don't know where you're going to end up. Just go with it. That's about well, it, right? I work construction, and I worked in Boston, you know, the, the 28th floor, you know, renovating some attorney's office or working in some laboratory where they, they explode monkeys to see, you know, if the shampoo hurts their eyes. You know, who knows? You know, I, I had no idea most of the time what I was building. But, you know, it, it was... It was a, a large project, and you get on a job, 
and you've got this set of blueprints that's two inches thick, and it has all the mechanicals in there. It's got you know all the plumbing, all the pipe fitting, all the steam pipes, all the the the, the stainless steel lines for the high pressure stuff. You've got all this stuff, and everything's just a mishmash. And you know, you, you get on the job site, and you've had two days to look at the prints, and and you have no idea what to do, where to start. Uh, you don't know if they if they just delivered a ton of material, which is going to be in your way. So you get to the job site, and you do the very most, you know, the, the most logical thing you can do, which is not going to have to be undone. So you start with the really, really, really basic things, and you proceed in the most logical manner to get the job done, you know, hoping that you're not going to have to undo anything. And that's the same thing here. You know, you start with the most basic things, which is to write a letter and see, you know, get a feeling of where the guy's at and, and just proceed one logical step at a time. All right, makes sense. All right, it's, thank you. I, I, I kept myself out of a lot of trouble on the construction site by not, you know, by not presuming I understood the stuff that was there. I mean, I... I would I would do the most elementary stuff there was. You know, let's start by sweeping the floor because that's safe. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, you're not going to have to redo that. You know, nobody's going to make you undo the sweeping of the floor. You know, so you yeah. start with the basic stuff. Hey. All right. Anybody else? Appreciate your time. Thank you. No problem, Mark. Take care. Anybody else want to uh, get something they want to? I haven't been watching the board at all. Ah, I just did. Hey, Gus, it's John. Hey, John. How are you? Good. Uh, All right. Uh, Bob put a message on there about his son being in a federal penitentiary with a gun charge. Uh, Bob, I'll unmute you in a second. Uh, who was I just talking to? John. John? Uh, John in Minnesota. Oh, John. Hey. <laughs> so I was hey, reading the board. How are you doing, John? Hey, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I can uh, give you an update on the um, call I had uh, with um, uh, ch- uh, chasing down the uh, court clerk, actually, Brian Jones, who's the... Um, was the next person in the uh, chain of command on uh, my claim that was chasing converted. down a guy chasing down a man excuse me chasing down a man I know it, I just goofed it it's late chasing Did down you a man catch him I, uh, uh, on the phone <laughs> go ahead sorry that's all right so um, I got a hold of him and had a uh, conversation with him about my um, claim that was converted. So I was asking him um, who, I was asking him about the case. How did my case um, get put into the um, get converted into a complaint, civil complaint that was then uh, dismissed? And how did and a party called Attorney General came in and started to touch the, the case. And the, uh, the claim just talks about uh, a woman uh, that that did wrong, and I made a claim in C Exhibit A, which Exhibit A I'd never had submitted into the case yet, and I hadn't touched or moved my case yet. But I wanted to find out how did my case um, get converted and moved and dismissed. 
and um, he was acting like he he couldn't understand this, so I created an an analogy for him, and the analogy was this: I went to the ticket window, Brian, and I bought a ticket. I said, let's just pretend this is a ticket window here, and I bought a ticket to go on an airline to L.A. And when I come back to find out, it's the uh, it's a ticket for a Greyhound bus to L.A., to which he responded, well, you've got to go then and appeal that to the um, uh, to the uh, bus company uh, court. And I go, that makes no sense. Why wouldn't I just come back to the... Uh, ticket window and talk to you so I, I asked I asked him I said are you um, are you in charge of how how cases get put in to your uh, court venue and he responded yes but once they're in there then he said it's just up to the uh, judge who handles it so the fact that and I said well then a judge and a, you know for a Greyhound bus company started to handle this how why would I go appeal my case uh, being touched by a Greyhound bus company, why would I go touch that? And he said, well, that's, that's it. This, this, he kept using the words complaint, and um, I, would, I would say, well, no, I filed the claim. And um, let's, you know, what did he say? It was an interesting part. Yeah, oh, I, I came back to him, and he said, well, no, that's just a um, legal, you know, this, this is for where legal entities uh, handle complaints. And I said, well, let me just clarify something. I, I didn't file against a legal entity. I've placed a case against a man. And so what I'm trying to find out is where does a man make a claim then, if not at the uh, courthouse? And he goes, you don't. So I just took the information, and that's what I gathered, and I wanted to go back and respond and write a letter to him to now put it in writing with what I did. So that's kind of what I did. And I thought, well, you know, could I spitball some ideas here if you wanted to, or do you want to go to handle the guy with the, uh, you know, son in prison? Well, no, we had talked about, uh, you know, yesterday we talked about, you know, usually people write this stuff out and yep. ask questions and do everything in writing. And you wanted to go talk to him. And, you know, one of the cool things about uh, having verbal communication is that you can later write a letter that says, Hey, Bob, I came in, I talked to you, you know, on the 16th of, the, of uh, September, you know, uh, regarding this particular issue, and this is the conversation we had, and based on that conversation, I would like to know, or whatever, you know, you said, yeah, you follow it up with a letter, absolutely, and, uh, you know, or, and you can say, you know, I don't think you understood what I was asking, so let me put it here, you know, in a different way. You know, but yeah, absolutely. And the the neat thing about uh, being able to write that letter is uh, having that verbal communication is that you can um, you you can create the letter to reflect your version of that communication, right? And, and right. just go with that. And you know, if he doesn't rebut that, then uh, then he's admitting that that's what you guys talked about. You kind of, I mean, it's 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 a, you know, it's one way of putting a man on the spot to to answer something. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the idea of the letter, but and then keeping it short, you know, with a few sentences. Oh, you're keeping it short. I mean, you, you know, it's going to have to be what it's going to have to be. You know. Yeah, regarding the conversation we had on the, uh, on September sixteenth, 
I had, you know, I came in to talk to you about this. You perceived that I was speaking about this. You know, I mean, you can lay it out, you know, kind of like an affidavit. You know, I mean, basically, if you were putting in it, putting it in as a notice, you would say, you know, I declare A, B, C, D. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I said this, you went here. I told you that, you, you know, you understood me as saying this. You know, uh, but the bottom line is I want to, you know, I, I want to know why is my claim sitting over here? I require to know. I, I wish to know. You know, pick your words according to the, the type of conversation you're having, whether it's a notice or a letter, and how much uh, emphasis you want to put in. You know, uh, towards you know, if you want to lean to the right, lean to the left, or go straight down the middle, you know, just, just write it up that way. And and uh, you know, I like to write a draft and and then put it away. I don't do anything. I just write it up and get all my thoughts down. I write everything. Just keep writing until it's all out. And then I look for everything I can eliminate. And uh, once I've eliminated everything, you know. And I usually do this over a two or three day thing, you know, or at least a couple hours apart. I'll try to do something for you know to get my mind off it, and I'll come back to it later and eliminate everything I can, and then I'll come back to it later, and I'll reorganize the thoughts so that they're more logical with what's left, and I, I keep shrinking it and reorganizing until it gets as small and as com- compact as possible, and then then I start looking for adjectives. For things that are in you know in the uh, in, in the past tense, things that are in future tense, and I start correcting that kind of stuff. But I'm not too worried about that stuff when I first write. I, I just want to get it all out and look at it and, and start eliminating things that I know I don't need to do, and and focus on you know what's number one, what's number two, and and I don't usually get to number three. You know, I, I usually try to focus on one or two things at, at the most in a letter. Okay, so given that then, Gus, I'm thinking, you know, a step or two on board about what the next letter or follow-up letter might be, How, what, where might you begin to try and, I don't know if you want to call it the word trap him or get him to admit, go put his foot in it, uh, like he did with me on the phone where he basically said, well, there isn't a place for a man to file a claim. Because yeah, there's only yeah. handle legal entities. And then maybe get this that in writing, I, but what do I do with that, or how do I try and get that, or, or and then what, and what can I do with that, even if he says it? Well, this is what I was saying to you last week. Okay, yeah. Why don't you just tell? Why don't you just tell the man, hey, I came in here to buy an airplane ticket. You gave me a bus ticket. I want a refund. Give me my money back because you know I'm going to take my business elsewhere. Well, why not just get your money back and start all over? And that's what I would do. You know, if you want to get lots of answers and, and keep playing cat and mouse, that's fine too because there's a lot to learn in that process. And you can always ask for your money back later. Mm-hmm. So it's not difficult. There might be – so what you're suggesting is I, I sort of had the belief, and maybe this is mistaken, that it would be hard for a man to get a claim into a court. So if I were to go to another venue – that they might necessarily say, well, no, we don't take that here. Well, you, you, might get your money, you might get your money back, put the cash in your pocket, 
And before you even walk away from the counter, file a new claim. And just do it differently, knowing, you know, the mistakes that you made or uh, knowing how they presumed things. You might change your paperwork. You know, but, you know, if you're standing there with a refund and you've got a you know, check in your hand for the money that you put in, you know, you're, you're free to refile in the same court. You, you, can, you can redo your thing. Okay, so let's say I already do that and the money, get the money back. Um, they say that, no, we only sell bus tickets. Sir. Yeah, well, I didn't realize That's that because you, you have a picture of an airplane on your, on your front window. Mm-hmm. You just, you know, I misunderstood your services. I thought you provided services to a man who is seeking to file a claim against another man. Uh, I was led to believe, you know, my paperwork says that's what I'm doing, and you took my money, so I, you know, I was under the presumption that you understood what you, you know, what I was saying here. Obviously, we there's a miscommunication. Give me my money back. Mm-hmm. You know, and you might go to a different court. You might, you know, one thing I, I, I used to tell people is write to a clerk in Oklahoma, you know, or Chicago or something, you know, just write, write to a clerk someplace and say, I'm a man, I want to file a claim uh, of trespass for somebody who, who has uh, taken my property, whatever the, whatever the situation is. Uh, write to a clerk someplace and say, you know, what do you require of me uh, to file this kind of a claim? What kind of cover letter do you need? You know, just, just write to clerks in other places and get some information. Okay. Well, I mean, I could actually even go back to this guy or somewhere here and say, you know, that same kind of, um, um, yeah, same kind of idea. Are, are you aware? Has anybody been able to anywhere as a as a man get a claim into a court, get a quarter record, and, and um, move it? I, I helped a lady in Vermont. I mean, it, it was a really simple process. They 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 have no problem with any form of paper you put in put it in there, the, the paper went in, the notices went in, everything went fine, and the, the CEO was served, you know, the, it was a lady, I can't remember, the, I think her name was Linda, and it turns out that she had retired uh, two months before, so we had to start, the, you know, the, the service process over again, correct the paperwork, and, um, and the lady I was helping out didn't follow through, so we never got any further than that, but yeah, you know, it's definitely something that's possible. Yeah, okay. Huh. Right, right. Yeah, mm. But but what if, you know, let's say you, you wanted to sue me. You're 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 way out there in Minnesota, I'm here in New Hampshire. And you find out which county I'm in. I'm in you know, Manchester, New Hampshire. This is Hillsborough County. So you would write to the Hillsborough County clerk, which is, uh, I think his name is John, uh, oh, his last name starts with an S, Safford, I think. John Safford, yeah, that sounds right. You know, but, but, you know, or Mary, Mary Barton, the, the district court clerk. You, know, you would write to the clerk of the court that you want to take me to and say, I've got a claim against a man for you know, spray painting my lawnmower, or whatever their claim is, and right. I want to know what you require of me to 
bring us claim it. You okay, know, ask so, these questions right. and see what I, you I, get I for got information. It. So I got so, I, mean, this, I heard I heard the conversation at the top was you you know you went over the Declaration of Independence and and what kind of you know corporation was formed and government was here to secure the rights of man. Okay, good. Yeah. So government's here to secure the rights of man, and uh, uh, this is a government building built by the public. So you're here to uh, secure the rights of of man. I'm going to go right back to Brian. Well, you know, I really don't need to go somewhere else because Brian ought to be operating okay, but, in the same way on. too, right? Before you keep going, all right. You, okay. You're hearing what, the the building itself is public, but it's right. being occupied by a private corporation. No, right. it's the bar association. Exactly. They're the ones that are doing most of the business there. Yep. Now, the reason the reason you would want to write to another court, and and this is uh, this is what happened in Vermont. The, the okay. lady that I was helping out was, you know, she was having a hard time with this particular courthouse. We made a lot of progress, but she was having a hard time, and things became much easier when she wrote to the other court clerks of the other counties and asked them a bunch of questions, and they all ignored her except one, who was a court clerk from New York who saw herself as a public servant and answered every one of her questions. The, the other court clerks that were there, the other you know, people in those positions, were of the same mindset as the clerk that she was dealing with. However, this, you know, this particular clerk... Uh, who was in charge of a, you know, a, a courthouse in another county. Uh, you know, and she wrote to her. She said, you know, look, uh, this is what I want to do. This is what I'm looking to attempt. Uh, whatever, you know, whatever letter she wrote. But the lady wrote back to her and kept in communication with her. And was, you know, they ended up on the phone together. She got all sorts of answers. And the lady, you know, apologized for all the other court clerks uh, not doing their job because she felt that every court clerk should be this open and honest and forthright about the process. You know, so she was fantastic. And if mm. you find somebody like that, you know, in, in your county, but at a different district court or in a different county, you know, but within your state, um, you're going to be dealing with the same set of rules, the court rules that are administered by the Supreme Court. Right, right. I mean, with this guy here today, when I I went through with him, I thought, well, okay, I wonder what your background is. What's your training? What did you do? How did you get this job? And I found out behind it, this guy uh, you know, is a bar-licensed attorney, but now just operating as a, you know, sitting in the office of court clerk. The one where I filed the claim, uh, as he reported to me, she isn't a bar-licensed attorney, yet you know, kind of surrounded by the bar, uh, but her boss is the bar-licensed attorney. So, you know, the... Um, my my guess is is that while well, the bar is pushing forth their uh, you know their rules and their procedures and uh, operating their private their private courts, right? Yeah. Well, they 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 rent you know they rent out that space. It's it's you know they uh, there's a guy in Canada that I was working with and you know he got a letter from the uh, the clerk of the court that explains that. Uh, you know, that they hire judges to do, you know, the, the, the judges are appointed by the province and that they hire these judges to come in because the judges carry with them the authority to uh, make decisions. But the courts themselves are private courts. So you have a private court with a public judge. 
And you know, I would think that it's not that much different in Minnesota or New Hampshire or anywhere else. You know, the, the courts are, it's a public building where private co companies are dealing, are administrating the, the paperwork. And, uh, but they have, you know, they, they, that's probably in their agreement someplace in their contract to occupy that building, some form of duty to serve man. You know, and how do you find that out? I don't know. Hmm. Okay. You're right, you're right to other court administrators. Your statutes, I think, say that the courts, there's no clerk of the courts, correct? You guys have uh, administrators? District administrators, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you, you write to these people and ask questions and hope somebody somebody coughs up you know, a hairball. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, I was just trying to figure if if it's secure that uh, they've they've got the if this private corporation has got control of the uh, you know, courthouse building to basically you know anything you want to put in there they they just convert over to their uh, to the way how they handle things. Um, well, like I said, like I told you last night, you know, I, I really want to move to Minnesota. I love it out there, but um, I'm terrified of the courts over there. Yeah, I. I I was there two months trying to figure out the stuff. It was in plain English in the court rules. And then when when I went to court, uh, that's not at all how it was. And it, it wasn't pretty at all. So, yeah. I'm seriously giving thought to going to Colorado instead. <laughs> <laughs> it's well, okay. you know, over, over here in New Hampshire, uh, the, the court process is much easier to work with, it's uh, it's very very logical, and well, I really like the the process for starting a case in Minnesota, where you, you you serve the claim first, and then you bring it into the court for it to open a case. I thought that was really cool, but there's there's just some stuff that you know, I don't know I, I wasn't getting, and uh, it was really kind of it was tough. You know, it was. I was trying to learn a lot, and uh, and it wasn't sinking in. I don't know what I was missing, but you know, I didn't do the stuff I'm telling you to do to to write to different clerks to find out what's going on. I didn't take those particular steps. Uh, I was writing to the um, to the to to the city administrator and to the, the the county commissioners because I was dealing with a with a different aspect of it. Mm -hmm. I was trying to get somebody else to step in and get the job done because I was in a hurry. I, I didn't know how much time I had before the uh, the man acting as judge uh, appointed a guardian at Lightham. And, and you know, before you know, they were trying they were trying to set the foundation up for a case, and I was trying to to you know get the case you know away, you know, get it get the whole thing just you know to to disappear. And uh, mm -hmm. before before the foundation was laid, and, and I wasn't able to accomplish that, so I was in a hurry, and I was trying to get commissioners and other people to to to, to help me out, but it didn't happen. Mm. Yeah, no, I you hear every, uh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Now I was just going to say, everybody thinks you know that the uh, county they live in, you know, New Hampshire. You don't understand. New Hampshire is the most corrupt state. You don't understand, you know, Hillsborough County is the, you know, people, people think wherever they live is the most corrupt place, but 
you know, I think it's, it's got a whole lot more to do with our lack of understanding of the particular process in that area. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really believe that everybody, all the word nerds, know that when a man walks in, they better behave. And how do you how do you make that known? How do you uh, how do you do that respectfully? How do you you know respecting like Carl was talking to me tonight? You know when a lion when a tiger meets a bear in the woods, they might growl at each other. They might you know get all huffy and puffy, and but neither one of them's crossing that line. You know neither one of them's going to attack the other because they know they're both going to be in pain. And, and so it's a mutual respect. And I, I think. Uh, in, in that same regard, you know, like, and this is what Kyle was telling me tonight. In that same, you know, same regard, uh, when a man walks into court and they recognize that, you know, this ain't no fake. This guy really knows his shit. Uh, there's a mutual respect where we're just gonna, you know, do what we gotta do to let him get through quickly and you know, unnoticed and whatever. You know, let's let's just get this shit over with because we have an obligation to serve man and to protect uh, man's property, to secure his rights, and so on. They know it. Not not everybody at every level, but there's enough that do. And when word gets to that particular man or woman that does know that, uh, they make sure things get done properly. Got it. So then, I mean, that, that just you know, bubbles up an idea. Maybe I just go to his boss. Uh, which would be the guy, it's uh, Jeff Shorba, who's the head of all of uh, the uh, district court administrators, and basically say, hey, I understand that um, um, in your operation here, uh, according to Brian, that uh, uh, um, a man doesn't have access in the court to um, file a case and have a claim, well, you know, have a claim settled. Is that true? Um, I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't word it quite that way. Uh, but, you know, you can definitely write to the uh, the building administrator uh, or or the chief judge of, the, you know, the entire district or whatever and say, you know, that you did have a conversation with Brian and that you believe that the way Brian sees things is, is ABC and that doesn't leave a whole lot of room for you as a man to XYZ. You know, so, you know... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I see what I what mean. I what I what I tend to do is I tend to write stuff up and then look at it the next day to see how ridiculous it is, <laughs> and then I start over. Yeah. 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 No, I get that. I'm just trying to get a, a sense of what kind of what direction would I begin to even spitball an idea here. Of, well, um, you said there's no you said there's no building manager that they sent you. Yeah. To there's the no building office. manager. Yeah, they sent me to the, the janitor's office, and then I went to look for the chief judge, and then it was whoever had served there the longest, and uh, and uh, they, they just said it doesn't. There's no judge in that particular courthouse building uh, has uh, authority over the other judge. There is only there's one judge of the district of all the courthouses, and that's the guy, but not for the building. At least okay. as I and understand. Who does the uh, who, who does the court administrator? Uh, answer to. Does she have an oath of office? That I I didn't ask. Nope, I don't know. I, I would uh, I would check to see if she's got an oath of office because uh, if she does, uh, if she does, then it's an oath of office to to that 
social contract between man and the corporation. The, mm-hmm. the you know the con- it's, it's most likely her oath of office is is prescribed within the constitution, and if it is, uh, she's bound to man. And I, I would I would check on that, and uh, if what else? The the judges, the, the man or woman who acts as judge in, in Minnesota, are they elected or are they appointed? Either or. They can be both elected and or appointed. But typically what happens, I mean, what really uh, constitutionally-wise, it's either elected or appointed. But in practice, what happens, they uh, retire, you know, 12 to 18 months ahead of time, and then they're uh, appointed, and then uh, they run for election. And uh, they've got the uh, title of incumbent and uh, about a 99.9% re-election rate. In fact, the last guy to basically do it is a name you might know, Alan Page, when uh, no. he decided to go run for Supreme Court justice. And uh, just because of the name recognition, being a Minnesota Viking, was popularly elected over the uh, incumbent that they had placed. Okay. Well, you know... I would look into the oaths of office, you know, find out, um, go through your court rules, find out the, the structure, you know, who's, you know, what do you guys have for uh, for chief judges, what's their authority, who's the, uh, the the building manager, you know, what authority do, do they have, is the clerk or what you guys call the court administrator or district administrator, are they the, are they considered the, the, the building manager? Um yeah, do the research. Yeah, no, that I believe. I believe the court administrator, from what, when we discussed before, at least here for Minnesota, has those kind of authorities and responsibilities. They're the uh, the, the top dog of the courthouse. They, uh, they assign judges to cases. They manage the paper flow. They take in the money. They balance the, you know, they, they write the revenue reports. Okay, so this guy, Brian, is, is a court administrator? And he's ahead of the court administrators for all... Uh, I forgot how many courthouses are. I think there's like eight or ten courthouses in the first judicial district. Well, that sounds oh, like he yeah, he sounds like he should know enough about what you're talking about. I I, I would uh, I would send him a letter where with a you know a simple question. I'm a man. This is what I seek to do. Uh, you know, please. You know, I require to know the process. Or, or I wish to know what you require of me, you know, one of those things, you know, just, just a real yeah. simple question and see what you get back. Right, okay. And the guy that appoints him into his job is actually the chief judge of the First Judicial District. So that might be, I might, go, I either go to Brian or I go to the chief judge of the First Judicial District with that kind of Yeah, I, 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 would, I would stay with Brian for now. Okay. And and see what you can get out of out of you know that uh, that series of letters, and and if you have to, you know, go up to the next guy, you know. Yeah. Well, good. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. That's a good idea. I like that. Uh, what else? Is there something out there? No. Okay. Um, yeah, no, I think I'm good. That, that's um, let, yeah, that, that's good for right now. All right. Yeah, hey, uh, Bob. 
What were you talking about? You got a you got a son who's in a federal penitentiary on a gun charge? I'll go back and Hey, Bob, in uh, Colorado, says, uh, your message says you got a stepson in the federal pen for 12 years for felon with a gun and want to get him out, okay? You can make a claim for property. Is he providing you with services that you no longer get because uh, somebody's interfering with that contract? I think Bob fell asleep. All right. Uh, anybody else? Uh, hey, Gus, I'll, I'll tell you one last thing. Your donate button on your uh, website that still doesn't work when you click it there. I don't understand that at all. I, you know, I, I go, I've heard that from a lot of people, and I've gone and I've uh, taken the link right off the website and posted it in Skype, and it works fine. It's the same link that's supposed to be active when you click the button. So I, I don't right. get that at all, and it always works for me. So, yeah, uh, I know. I just want to let you know. I figured a way. I figured a way around it and uh, went back in there and sent you. Sent you a donation, but um, I just wanted to let you know again. I, I thought, well, I'll just go back and try the button again, and uh, it didn't work. So I don't know if, right. if anybody here is on the chat board. If you know, it might be uh, go and try and go to redress. You know, go to uh, Gus's website and click on it and see if it works for you. I'm on a Mac using Firefox, and I also tried it on Safari. Uh, I didn't make it work. I've had, yeah, I've had people try. You tried it like with three different. Uh, Three different browsers. Hey, if you yeah. guys have any problem, if you guys have any problems uh, donating, you know, whether to me or to Carl, let, let me know, and I'll, uh, you know, if it's with Carl, I'll send him a message, or I'll, I can send you a link right to his PayPal button. I think, I think I can. Um, oh, maybe. Carl's not. works okay. Carl's works okay. Carl's that's is fine. Strange. Yeah, Carl's is fine. Carl's is fine. I was okay. able to use that. Well, so cheers. I'm having problems with. It. So I thought maybe, you know, keep it well, going he, for he, you. Either way, if you guys have a problem, uh, let me know, and I'll send it. I'll send you a direct link through uh, email. And if it's you know if it's got to do with Carl, I'll, I'll give Carl a heads up on on, on the on the thing. On the, it works for uh, me, and uh, I posted the email. I think the email that goes to your uh, to your donation. Uh, if somebody's donating through PayPal, just go in there and enter the email. You don't even have to go to the link. And uh, guys worked overtime tonight, so. He deserves some donations. Uh, it's just uh, only three hours. Like I said, you know, it's community service. Yeah. Uh, given, given back. I've gotten. I mean, I'm, the cops Carl's do community service here. and they get paid. Yeah, Carl's still on here. Hey, Carl. I just want to say thank you, man. I appreciate everything you do. It's awesome. It's really awesome to know you. Uh, I, I get a lot. You know, I get a lot from Carl. I get a lot from, from a lot of people. I've had a lot of really – I met you know, I met President Reagan and Ollie North and Dave, the guy who started Wendy's, and I've met some really cool people, really cool people. Uh, Peter uh, Peter Daniels, the wealthiest man in the Southern Hemisphere. I spent three hours with him on a Sunday, uh, you know, 20 years ago. I've met some awesome people. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, Carl's the coolest guy I've ever met. There's, there's – uh, I don't. These guys have nothing on him. 
Carl's got way more understanding about what's going on in life than these guys do. You know, they had their specialties. They had their thing that they did. But um, it, it's a, it's an absolute blessing to know Carl and to have that relationship. Yeah, I, I see he's still on here, so I appreciate you, man. I really do. And all I'm doing here on Wednesday nights is giving back. That's all I'm doing. And we thank you for all that you do, guys. Oh, yeah. well, thank Thanks, you. Guys. You're welcome. You guys all set? Good for yep. tonight? All right. We'll catch you guys all next week then. God willing. We'll see you uh, 9 o'clock Wednesday night. Good night. Good night. Have a good evening. Yep. You bet. Thanks. Good night. Good night, guys. Good night. Hey, Bob, is that you? No, it's Bob. Eric. Uh, I thought I'd seen Bob's button light up. Hey, Bob? No, I guess not. All right, I was going to talk to you about your stepson. All right, you guys, uh, you guys have a good night then.